0: Hey, everybody. We are back with another exciting episode. We've got some things to talk about, specifically PNA is back, question mark, why? Of course, our beloved wrestling brother never goes away, CM Punk. He's always in the news. We're going to talk a little bit about him. And then I think we're going to, you know, bring it home with TK kind of being a bit of a loose cannon in the past couple of weeks. Of course, we've got the matches of the week. And then uh, in lieu of a spotlight, we've got a special treat for everyone. We are going to talk about the biggest assholes in wrestling cannot wait so well, i think without further ado gentlemen let's uh let's talk some shop go fuck yourself so so jim i you 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 popped this one up in the group chat the other day uh, or not just the able well, literally just the other day um what in the fuck is going on with uh impact now tna again or uh, the, the organization formerly known as
1: tna known as impact
0: now known as TNA, I, what is going soon on? To be, yeah, <laughs>
1: soon to be TNA again. Soon I'm to be, making yeah. the official switch for, for another couple months here. But so, yeah, and at their Bound for Glory pay-per-view, uh, Impact announced that they are reverting back to the TNA brand uh, for their product. And from the, the reports that I've read, it seems to be because they believe that there's more loyalty to the TNA brand than the Impact brand.
2: <laughs> and that, they feel, <laughs> that for, uh, okay.
1: they feel that for historicity purposes, uh, to keep continuity of the company, they're they're going back to TNA because that's what people remember the most is TNA. Um, I think that's absolutely mind-numbingly fucking stupid on multiple <laughs> levels. Uh, not, not least of which is from a corporate communication standpoint. Um, you, you don't want to ever rebrand your company until there's an absolute necessity to do so because there's a tremendous cost, both obviously financial, but also social cost to rebranding all of the, the the buildup and all of the connections that people have to that brand are now gone when you switch over. Not to mention, you're going back to a company that doesn't have a lot of positive associations for people. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I think TNA, I think Jeff Jarrett, I think Six sided Ring. Yep. I think Clusterfuck of Hulk Hogan. I don't yep. have a lot of positive associations to TNA. That's mention, It's fucking, look, it's so juvenile, right? Yes, it's total nonstop action. But if you think for one half of a fucking second that Jeff Jarrett named the company TNA and he wasn't thinking tits and ass at the moment he did it, then you're high as a fucking kite. <laughs> right. And it's absurd that in 2023, when you're trying to position yourself with the talent that you have as a serious wrestling company, you're going to be like, oh, look, guys, DNA. Get it, get it. Get it. <laughs> yeah, like a fucking 14 year old boy in math class. It's just it's so ridiculous to me. And I'm, I'm I just I I don't know what the fuck they're doing with it. I, I really wish they would—they would have reconsidered this and not made this move. But yet again, I say this is what happens when people don't consult me. You end up making terrible decisions.
2: You know, you were—you were the—you were, the, were our impact guy too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Now I'm not. Now I'm gone. Now I can't be the impact guy anymore because I'm yeah, sure you that be, be the TNA guy. You can't—you can't say that you're the TNA guy. Exactly. You call me the TNA guy. I'm going to sue your ass. <laughs> no fucking way, I'm going to all that. Oh man, I was
0: gonna say which one of us is unfortunately gonna to have to take that burden.
2: No, no. watching WWE for you guys? So. <laughs>
1: well, it's kind of like to me. It's like how to me, it's still the Sears Tower. Fuck you, Willis Tower, or whatever else you want to call it. It's the Sears Tower, hundred percent. Right? And I don't care how long it is. It's always gonna be Twitter. It's never gonna be X. That's the way I'm approaching Impact. Right? Is like I don't care what you're calling yourselves. Your Impact. I refuse to acknowledge this shift because it's dumb and I refuse to do it.
0: I just, yeah, I'm like, oh man, you know, and especially, and it, yeah, I was thinking about this too, right before we got on is they are touting their women's division too. And you're rebranding as TNA. Like, yeah, good one guys. <laughs> real, classy. Real, real, classy. real good one guys. When you're like, we've got the best women's wrestling. And quite frankly I I you know there is some merit to that. I think they do have one of the better um women's rosters uh you know the way they 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 push their talent. I think what Jordan Grace just won the uh what is it color the color shot. shot? Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is great. So I obviously they're pushing her and yet you're going back to TNA. Like yeah, it's let
1: that sink in. Like uh, uh. Yeah, I don't like I said I I I don't understand the reasoning for it because there it wasn't necessary it was an unnecessary move it's a step backwards your company's starting to gain traction they had a phenomenal pay-per-view which i'm sure we'll talk about matches of the week they had a phenomenal pay-per-view of bound for glory and now this is a giant ass step backwards and i i don't know i just i can't get inside their heads to try and understand what the thinking is
2: here. I think what's it's, you know how AEW always gets like compared to WCW. Yeah. I feel like impact changing their name back to TNA is like reminiscent of 99, 2000 WCW where they're like, shit, we got to try anything at this point. <laughs> this company. It's like, I, I don't ever watch impact all that much. And I know, you know, there's, there's definitely been some highlights worth watching for sure that I've gone back and checked out, but yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I, I think this is just a terrible idea. And to rebrand back to TNA after all these years is just so weird to me. Like, okay, if impact wasn't working, shouldn't you have done that like, you know, when you changed it to impact? And we're like, never mind, we're going back to TNA. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> like, it would have made more sense.
0: <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this goes over, you know like a lead balloon and all of a sudden it's like yeah we're quietly gonna go back to impact again and i mean but that's like the jim's point is just like that costs a lot of money i mean you know what social media has to change yeah t-shirts you know buying new ring apron all that stuff you know it doesn't seem like it's a lot but it does add up Mm -hmm. and you know they're already i mean at what I know I, I, in the States, they're number three, but overall, what, four or five maybe in the world? So, I mean, it's like you're already not fledgling or struggling, but you're not looked at, obviously, as like a WWE or a New Japan or an AEW, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a big gamble, man. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, especially going back to like, again, TNA brings back a lot of Jeff Jarrett. Main event mafia and Ugh. you know the god awful <laughs> god Hobie mirrors. I know <laughs> just, mafia. That,
1: that's uh, what I'm saying. i I spent so much money in therapy trying to forget the fucking main event mafia and you just undid <laughs> did all of it just like that. <laughs> just thousands of dollars wasted.
2: God damn. I, it. I remember watching that for the very first time and I was just like, What what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> was
0: atrocious and then like they had then the, i think the one thing that they had going for him and then you know shockingly they they it fucking blew up in their faces was that whole aces and aids thing yeah like that was kind of that had me and i was like okay i want to see up oh, No, nope, yeah this is and it's like, it, 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 like when the big reveal came out that it was like bully ray or whatever it just like everything fell apart it was so Oh man,
2: God. I thought it was interesting to a point, and then Mike Knox was revealed, and I was like,
1: We're in trouble. trouble." (laughs) There's there's bottom of the barrel and there's Mike Knox. And (laughs) and then one of them what wasn't one of them Bischoff's kid? And he's not even wrestling anymore. Bischoff's kid. Yeah. Um, Bischoff's kid. Wasn't uh Briscoe the uh, Jerry Briscoe's kid. Yeah, Briscoe. I was gonna Briscoe. say I was I Miss thought it was Briscoe.
2: uh Steamboat's kid, but it was uh Briscoe's. Yeah, West Briscoe.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like five foot three. Yeah, <laughs> see, was, like, No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Don't do it. I'd rather you do drugs than join the saints. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin our family's name like this, please. Oh
0: Lord. Oh man. <laughs> God can't wait to see where that's gonna go.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Well, and they made a they had a storyline not that long ago about retiring the TNA title, right? Because one of the guys had brought back the legends title, you know, and you know how feds will do that sometimes where a guy will yeah. re you know, reinvigorate a title that was lost. And they made a big deal about retiring the TNA title. And here we are. Wasn't <laughs> Just it, undo all of that now. It wasn't it moose? Yeah, Moose, and, Moose, and uh, Kenny Omega, uh, and when Christian Cage beat Kenny Omega for the title, that was when they kind of got rid of the TNA part of it. Yeah, just
0: keep just keep trying. Impact, what whatever they are now, it's just like they're like the little engine that could. They just they just keep on trying.
1: <laughs> well, and remember, they were they were Impact, they were TNA, they were Global Force Wrestling, oh, they that's were. <laughs> They were N.W.A. T.N.A., right? Oh, so, yeah. it's, you know, they, they've had several names by now. It, just, it doesn't make, I, again, I, I'm beating a dead horse here. It just doesn't make any fucking sense.
0: No, it doesn't. No. Oh, man. Uh, well, maybe this makes a little bit of sense, I guess. Um, uh, you know, we're kind of on to our next topic um, <laughs> is uh, Tony Khan, man. Um, boy, He's he's been in the news quite a bit lately. Um so for anybody that's not uh on the up and up uh Tony Khan spent the majority of what past two weeks just not just like firing shots at WWE I would say like leveling a shotgun blast at him on a daily basis. <laughs> um oh, kind yeah. of all stemming from and I believe and and in, in a little out of the loop here but I believe it was because of the them running on the same night, right? Correct. That's kind of what happened. So um so uh, uh NXT, I almost said impact. I can't stop thinking about impact. Um uh NXT usually runs on Tuesday nights, but because of the uh MLB, I think it was what the NLCS ALCS or maybe it was the yeah, Division League series, series. Was it yeah. okay, the championship series were running on a Wednesday. So they bumped AEW to Tuesday, and that was it was title Tuesday, et cetera. And um WWE, I think it was, I would say if anything, what started it was was WWE was like clearly bringing out the big guns on, on Tuesday to run with AEW um, and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, by big guns, I mean, John Cena and the undertaker um, who didn't do a goddamn thing. Um, <laughs> Mind really, you, except- it, it was
2: like the American badass version. of Yeah. Um, and like, it was I'll get the- me, I don't, I'm not getting paid enough to dress. <laughs>
1: I'm getting paid enough to put on eyeliner for yep. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, and then he's, oh, God, he shows up wearing
0: sneakers. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I'll get to this in a second, how I I honestly think the they ended that by also burying uh, or slightly burying uh, Braun Breaker uh, and, and whatnot. But um, so essentially, I guess that just really rubbed Tony Khan the wrong way. And he started firing shots over uh, X, Twitter, whatever it is. Um, and I don't remember what he was saying, but basically just kind of, you know, you guys are, you have to bring out these big guns to even compete with us, et cetera. Um, and it was interesting and, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily blown up in his face because they ended up, they did get beat, um, in the ratings. Um, but I watched like just some highlights of that and it was atrocious. It was so bad. I think Tom, you even, even said when we were watching, all of us were watching dynamite you know, Cody Rhodes, big announcement was bringing back the dusty classic. Like, wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. You really got us there. Like really? Like, and he said something else too, right? Wasn't it? There was like a, he said a couple of things. Um, but it was just, it was so embarrassing and it like, what a desperate grab, um, to try and grab viewers, but there was other things too. And that's where I guess like he was, he was like really just, firing shots across you know the like like i said the past couple of weeks but it wasn't just nxt i don't know jim did you can you shed some light like what else he was it was i i think it was like some of the talent releases and some other stuff that was going on etc but i mean he was tony khan was very busy on on the old x
1: and a couple of shots at vince mcmahon directly too oh that's oh Oh, i thought we're delicious Uh, but yeah it, it all stems from you know WWE decides we're going to pull out all the stops to try and crush AEW in this head to head. And they didn't, I'm sorry. They didn't. Did they, did they beat them in the ratings? Absolutely. But it wasn't a a mile, right? I'm sorry. It wasn't, it it was not a huge, huge win there for WWE to pull out all these stops. So I think there's a moral victory there for AEW, but but yeah, Khan was, he was firing off. He said that, you know, um, this is the first time that John Cena and the undertaker have been on TV for less than a million fans. Uh, because the rating was 900,000. They didn't even clear a mill. Uh, He said that, you know, it's such a shame that they have to dust off all these old guys and do all this. And we're in there with our regular talent week in and week out, and we're still competing. Uh, Somebody said something about, you know, like that's Sir McMahon and, uh, you know, TK fired back with, you know, like, well, if Sir McMahon did it, then obviously we should all be paying attention. And (laughs) just a lot of and You know, there were reports coming out that actually people in AEW were kind of um, I wouldn't say upset, but we were kind of irritated that Tony Khan was spending so much time and energy uh, trolling WWE <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he's got, you know, the guy's got like 48 jobs. So I, I think he has better things to do with his time. But at the same time, I understand why he was provoked. Because rather than just do your show, for some reason WWE decided that uh, no we have to go for the kill here what the fuck man like you're A you're not going to get the kill on a one night that's just stupid and B what do you really gain here what are you really going to get out of this so I I get why TK was provoked but yeah maybe maybe put the phone down bro like yeah (laughs) yeah. do do another bump uh, and and you know (laughs) chill (laughs) out a little bit
2: He, he was, it was great. Yeah. Cause a lot of wrestlers in the company were like, just put, put the phone down, man. Just, just leave it (laughs) alone. But I was, I was uh, arguing, of course, like I always do on Facebook with wrestling fans. And I was, and I, I, I feel like I made a great point was just because they got more viewership doesn't mean they had the better show. Oh absolutely because because it was it was awful as mike said it was atrocious it was so fucking bad and there's like footage of taker and cena which i feel like is actually more damning to the damaging to the product is they're like just cheesing it up being like didn't have to take a bump we got paid the and it was just like oh you guys are gross like go if you don't want to do this anymore go away there's no shame in that they just go away. Yeah, come back well, for maybe a, a one one. Not I don't even know once in like story. Saudi
1: Arabia. <laughs> yeah, just just go go. Oh God.
2: <laughs> Audi show too. Who else? But yeah, I I think AEW for sure had the better show. It's just I I, I just don't understand how Undertaker is still a draw. I don't get it. Uh, no, I I don't get it either. Well,
0: and and like, so I think that's a good, you know, into what I was talking about with him and Braun Breaker. It's like, you've got this guy that everybody is talking about. Braun Breaker this and this and this. It would have made more sense for Braun Breaker to lay out the Undertaker than the Undertaker to lay out Braun Breaker. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, that just made no sense to me. And then what really made me laugh so hard was, and I don't know if you've seen the match, it was whatever match LA night. Was the guest referee. He gets an LA night chant. Like they're yeah. all, while he's refing, he's like doing his LA night thing. And I'm like, you're literally burying the talent in the ring. <laughs> like, it was so funny. And he's like, and he's wearing like a, it, you know, his LA night gear, but like referee colors. And he's just doing the LA night. And it, I was like, oh my God. I would have been, if I was those two people in there, I would have been pissed. I'd have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and I get it. They're trying to push the dude to the moon, but, but I, that just cracked me up. And I was like, oh, man. Like, and yet they're going around. Like, I keep reading stuff too that everyone's like, oh, man, NXT. Oh, boy. Like, it's coming back. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, like, it's not. what are you no. watching?
1: What are you watching?
2: It's the, terrible. The, what was it last? This, this last, uh, When is it on? Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this last Tuesday, the Kamar, the, um, uh, was it the, 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 it was, it ended up becoming a triple threat. I can never pronounce that dude's name. Uh, the real tall guy that always wrestles Keith Lee.
1: Oh, oh uh, Dominic
2: yeah. Him and Darren Corbin and uh, Carmelo Hayes. I mean, it was for that standard. It was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, it's definitely not match of the week for sure. But I was like, okay, that was all right. Like they got a hit every, you know, every once in a while. Well, and well, it was actually it was a fatal four
0: way, and that was Cody's other big announcement was that Trick Williams was in it because they're trying to set. I mean, you couldn't like, wow, could you guys be any more obvious that you're obviously going to have these two guys like turn on each other? Like it, it is so blatantly obvious. It's it's sad. It is so sad, and uh, poor NXT, poor poor NXT. <laughs>
1: I feel no sympathy for them. Sorry, yep. I, I, no pity. To quote, to quote the great German techno band, "No pity for the majority." Cam FDM motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I just, I cannot feel bad for NXT with the resources they have and the attitude that they have. Sorry, man, you're sucking is your own to own.
0: It's so bad, and that's why it's like. Well, I just want to know what Kool Aid they're drinking. Where they're thinking that like they're, they're actually good that they're doing some sort of good. It is so bad. It just,
2: Oh man. I blame Shawn Michaels, honestly, because so many people are so high on Shawn Michaels that they, I mean, honestly, that's what I think it is, is that they're like, Oh, whatever he's doing is, is the gospel. And it's like, it's just kind of like that the old saying of like, you know, players don't make great coaches. Mm -hmm. That's I just, Triple H was kind of like once in a lifetime because he gets it, but Sean, no, Sean's running that thing into the ground. Yeah. Oh man.
0: No, oh, it's not it's not good. Not good at all. Um, so I guess that kind of, you know, going from, you know, I guess, you know, TK taking shots at everybody in WWE. Uh, you know, kind of what's I I I I, there, I don't want to say not good, but it's definitely kind of confusing. Um and, uh, you know, this kind of sparked right before we got on, I brought it up, um, you know, at collision was on last night and it, it was really all over the place. Um, happy to absolutely, absolutely happy that Malachi black's back. And of course the house of black, no, I think it's no secret. We're all fans of Malachi, uh, buddy Matthews, Brody King, etc. But they, I don't think I've ever seen a show where that they like, so like a group or individuals did so many goddamn run-ins and I was like, what is going on? And it, it, it also seems like there's just, there's a lot of like, I don't want to say loose ends, but like frayed ends. It just it like, what is going on, you know, with FTR losing the titles, um, you know, and, you know, it, Andrade having like really great matches, but kind of being on a losing streak um, you know, et cetera. So I don't know if you guys have been just kind of paying attention to where it's like, they've definitely got some good, they've got some good stuff. Um, I, I love what they're doing with hangman page and swerve. I think that is great. Um, you know, obviously Jay white, you know, the bang bang gang, um, and, uh, MJF and whatnot, but man, they've got a lot of stuff going on right now where it's like, what, like, what are you doing? You know, like sky blue suddenly is, you know, I get it with the whole miss thing, but like, that's like, Really weird and Willow Nightingale with Chris Statlanders. It's just, and then the, um not the, I, God, Jesus, I almost called them the Misfits in action. Um, the,
2: uh, <laughs> oh, no. The, the Runaways?
0: Uh, or the, the Outcasts? The Outcasts, yeah. Um, uh, that actually would have been a
1: cooler, the Runaways. That would have been, really runaways cool. would have been a better name. That is Ruby Riot's personal thing, but it would have been better for the group.
0: I like that the runaways. That was really good. Uh, No, but like, yeah. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Just I don't know if you saw, um, you know, collision. But it was you know again, Malachi Black showing up with Brian Danielson. Like, please, I'll take that all day. But it just like every time they came in, it seemed weird. It didn't like FTR comes out and they beat up a couple jobbers for like thirty seconds and then they get run over. Like, what is going on? So I don't know. It just kind of it, it sparked a, a thought. And uh, you know, what do you guys think? Like, you know, is it? Do you do you see? I guess a light at the end of the tunnel with some of this stuff, or is is TK just kind of throwing shit at the wall hoping it sticks? Like I don't know. What do you guys? Uh, there's think?
2: there's two things, especially with the House of Black. I think they're they're trying their hardest to keep Malachi Black there by making him a dominant like heel, and I, I think they're they're trying to make the House of Black kind of the faction of AEW right now. And that's why they're like trying to do the, like the steamroll angle where they're running in and just beating the shit out of everybody. And the other, I think this is where I think some of the problem lies is that I think they're trying to borrow too much from new Japan. And because factions over new Japan, they work wonderfully. They, they, it's just their thing. Um, different crowd different atmosphere and everything. And Tony Khan picked up on that. And I think he's also, cause he's a fanboy himself. He also misses like the NWO, the DX and all of those factions. And I think he's just, he's like, you get a faction, you get a faction. You get a faction. And it's just like, dude, lighten up. And I, I do think too, um, before I throw it to Jim, I think he, they desperately need to thin out the roster. Uh, I As much talent as they have, they're just not using everybody that they should. And I think Keith Lee is the guy like Keith Lee should be pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And he's like doing back backstage segments. Like what's Mm -hmm. going on? So I I think there's, there's a a bit of too much like fan service and bad booking. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. But we got to make sure we, we save screen time for Jeff Jarrett. See, oh, that's the thing is we, we don't have time for people like Keith Lee because you got to make sure that Jeff Jarrett gets a good 15 minutes of airtime. Dear God. <sighs> anyway, uh, I, yeah, I, there's a lot of loose ends going on in AEW right now. And and I uh, was saying before we started recording, I want to have faith in Tony Khan. I want to believe that he has a vision here. And, you know, and it wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time that a storyline played out, and I went, "Oh fuck!" Didn't see that coming. That's really cool. But I, there's there's not only the the House of Black, multiple angles, but you've got you know like five or six different people all gunning for MJF right now. You've got the 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 devil finally made an appearance again. Uh, but it was just random and then left dangling. Right. So we haven't seen the, the devil in a couple of weeks. Then he's there and then he's fucking not again. Like, so where's that going? Well, and now I don't know if you guys, my personal theory on why this particular episode of collision was somewhat chaotic is, and I don't know if you guys seen the, have seen these reports, but there was a special guest backstage uh, at the show yesterday that apparently is being considered not only for an on air role, but also for a backstage role. And, uh, that's Sammy Callahan and I'm, yeah, I'm mad at the idea of Sammy Callahan in AEW. Um, I think Sammy Callahan is an overrated asshole. Uh, I think that his, the way he reacted to almost murdering Eddie Edwards proves that the guy has no business being in the fucking wrestling business anymore. Um, because it's one thing that you accidentally shattered the man's orbit. Orbital bone with a baseball bat, but it's the fact that your reaction to that was to say "fuck you, people." That proves that you're just a terrible human being and shouldn't be allowed uh, in, in in that industry anymore. Uh, he's he's friends with John Moxley, their former tag partners. I know Mox is pushing for it, but if Sammy Callahan gets brought in in either capacity, as either an on-air performer or as a backstage producer role, I think it will do absolute disasters for for muddying the waters even more in aew Uh, you know again i agree wholeheartedly with what tom said you you already have guys like keith lee who aren't getting used the way they need to be used or should be used why the fuck would you bring somebody else in like sammy callahan especially sammy callahan especially sammy callahan and especially somebody who has such a horrible fucking like what is he going to bring as a producer yeah, you're, you're telling me you're gonna have a producer's meeting with Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, and fucking Sammy Callahan. <laughs> that makes no goddamn sense to me. I don't know what he has to offer when when you're looking at the talent that's already yeah, there. I saw that
0: too, and it, it yeah, I do not understand again why they would want to bring him in and in any capacity. I it, like the only thing I can think of is he's like. Where I'll give him credit is I him and Moxley would probably put on a, a, a banger, I would think. They're just going to beat the shit out of each other. But, like, other than that, I I was never really overly impressed with his TNA run or impact or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't not that, you know, I'm a huge Tessa Blanchard fan, but I wasn't a fan of that whole run when they were doing that. You know, I don't want that to come across as like I'm I'm against intergender wrestling. Like absolutely I'm for it if it makes sense. And that just I didn't like that. And yeah, it I don't know. To me, Sammy Callahan's always been like he's like Nick Gage Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and, and and or he thinks he's like on that level of exactly.
1: like charisma he he is. as
2: Nick Gage,
0: you know, and it just I don't know. But like people I like you said, you know, he's got fans. Moxley and him are very good friends. They're a tag team too. I'm trying to remember what they were called. The
2: they were, what, Switchblade something,
0: right? That something. Yeah, I was going to say it was like something Switchblades, right, or something like that. But I don't know. I just it. I don't see how he would even fit in because I would assume he would go with the BCC. I that makes no sense. Um, I just yeah, I don't know. Very questionable uh, decisions going on right now. And like you said, it just the the faction overload has been. And then um, on Collision 2, uh, Jim, I'm going to have to lean on, I butcher this one, the um, uh, uh, Los, uh, oh, my God, it, Rush's faction.
1: Oh, <laughs> Los and Gobernabas.
0: Yes, thank you. I, th- they're bringing them back. And I'm yeah. like, what? good God, what is this, like a faction of freaking weak? Like, Roosh could stand on his own. You want to talk about bringing a guy in as a, like a, a gnarly heel? Give me Roosh, man. Oh, my God. He's the, he's, oh, he's so great as a heel. And I just, I, again, I don't know what's going on. And I think like you, Jim, it's, there's definitely been some like, oh, cool. Okay. That was fun. But like, yeah, and I, I mean, like, I think the, the like one of the biggest things too, um, and I get it. I know that this is going to have a payoff, but it's even getting kind of like, all right, when is this going to happen? I mean, obviously I think it was set back with, um, you know, Adam Cole having surgery, but that's what I'm talking about is the whole Adam Cole you know, Roderick Strong, all that, like what, what's going on there? Is that going to come, you know, what it, I don't know. So I don't know, Tom, what do you think, man? You've been kind of quiet on this. What do you, what are your thoughts on the whole, like, kind of, I guess, frayness of of some of the AEW storylines?
2: I I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's exactly what you guys said. There's just too many, there's just too much going on at once right now. And yeah, they, they're putting on great matches. Um, But you know, also part of wrestling is good storylines, and there hasn't been really any good storylines in the, in in a, in a minute, uh, except for the obviously the the MJF one. I'm I'm very intrigued on how that's playing out. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm just kind of uh, shocked that someone someone like Sammy Callahan uh, was considered for a role. Um, the one good thing about Sammy Callahan is when Kevin Owens made fun of him in NXT. That is, <laughs> makes fun of his voice. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of a garbage human being. And um, I think it's, it's a toxic, toxic move on Tony Khan's part. Hopefully he he'll just go somewhere and just never wrestle again. Cause I, I could, I'm totally cool with not seeing a Sammy Gallon match ever again.
1: Yeah. You're not missing anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know,
0: before we, we kind of wind down here, um a a, a I don't want to say a familiar face because I don't think he a lot of folks uh know who he is. Um and I wasn't even aware he was ever even gonna be an on air talent. Um, you know, uh, but that's Nick Aldous is now the SmackDown general manager. Um I had heard he was he was um they were not grooming. Um, he was really working for like a producer role, like more of a, again, a backstage. Cause I know his wife's there, um, right. No, no, Mickey, Mickey James is an impact, but I, I, well, yeah, I guess a good, good time to bring it up. What was he, why is he in WWE? What, like what, I know he had a huge falling out with, uh, Billy Corgan and rightfully so, um, <laughs> and thank God he left there, but, um, why WWE? Why is he? you know, what's he doing there, et cetera. And now all of a sudden he's an on-air talent. And I even, you know, I obviously, we know who he is. Um, Phenomenal wrestler, great guy, or great guy, like I know him. Great talent. Great guy. Great guy. Nick Aldis, oh man, couldn't be a nicer guy. No, I just, what an odd pop-up, I guess. And I just, I could see a lot of fans like, who the hell is this guy, you know? And so, I don't know, Tom, you know, what, um, I think you've been following this a little bit more um, if you could shed some light on it, you know, why, what's he doing there?
2: First of all, if you guys watch, go back and watch uh, the reveal, it is the worst reveal I've ever seen. <laughs> Triple, H, Triple H is basically like, Oh yeah. Hey, Nick Aldis is here. And he <laughs> comes out and the crowd is fucking dead. They're mm-hmm. like dead. They're like, yeah, well, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, hey, it's Nick Aldis. And um, honestly, Mike, it's money. I think it's money. The, the reason why he's there. He's going to get paid a shit ton of money to be on air. Uh, he's probably rehabbing some injuries. Um, they're They're doing a weird, like, brand split again because it's WWE and they can't ever make up their goddamn mind about what they want to do with SmackDown and Raw. And it's like everyone's getting all excited because it's going to be the good old day, you know, oh, the brand splits back. Um, I could give a shit and like, it, it's just, I think, I think all this went there to, because he's winding down in his career and he was like, Hey, I can make a boatload of money by just being a mouthpiece. So why not? Um, cause I, I'm sure if if there's anybody who should be brought in as a producer role for AEW, it, it should have definitely been him, not Sammy <laughs> Callan. But, um, yeah, I think it's money, man. I, I, it's a no brainer. I'm sure Mickey James will find her way back there too. Um, and then I, I, I could see, um, they're, they're doing Jim. I I don't know if you saw it, but, uh, they're doing a weird like angle already with him and Adam Pierce. So, and, and, and that's like deep cut, like deep cut wrestling for me. Like Adam Pierce was an amazing NWA champion. And so was Nick Aldis, but I guarantee the majority of the WWE crowd, doesn't even know what NWA is like. So it's just kind of like, Oh, for like the, the nerds here, we're like, Oh, that's cool. They're going to, they're going to maybe give them one last run. One last, uh, like, uh, one last couple of matches between two indie greats. But, um, yeah, man, that crowd was dead when he came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, triple H, I felt like you should watch it, Mike. Cause it's pretty hilarious. Cause it, it like, Kind of weirdly derails in the middle of the thing, and he's like, uh, uh, Nicolas. I think somebody blew their spot or something. It was just weird. It was so, and he doesn't come out of the ramp. He just literally comes out of nowhere. He was like <laughs> sitting at the timekeeper's area and just yeah. walks out up. <laughs> like, hey, Nicolas, everybody. <laughs> How you
0: doing? Yeah. It's, well, it's- I had heard so not to go back to your Adam Pierce thing, but I thought I heard um or read something little while ago that he, he, Adam Pierce is like, no, I'm never getting in the ring again. Like he can't like, it's either he can't or he's just, I'm done. Like I like what I'm doing with this on air role, you know, being a producer. Cause I've heard he's, he's, I mean, obviously, like you said, Tom, deep cut, phenomenal indie guy yeah. uh, and, and whatnot. And a great producer to have. Like I, I've always, I, I have always heard nothing but good things about Adam Pierce and how great trainer he is producer he is all that you know great talent etc but i thought i read something where he said he's never getting back in the ring again he's just like i'm done so it's interesting that they're starting this feud up when it's obviously nick all this is probably i would say in the twilight um Mm -hmm. you know maybe a couple more years etc but that they're starting this up so i and maybe i don't know adam pierce is gonna you know get somebody to wrestle on his behalf or something like that but i that i'm just like what yeah because i saw that too and i'm like does anybody have any fucking idea in the WWE universe who these two guys are and why they're so important? Like it was just, I was so baffled when you were like, because Tom sent that message to the group and was like, Oh, did you see who popped up on SmackDown? And I thought Tom was talking about KO. And I was like, yeah, they're probably going to. He's like, no, it was Nick Aldis. And I was like,
1: what? <laughs> like, wait, what?
0: Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, wait, sure. As shit. Here he comes his dapper Englishman. And like, like you, Tom, I'm like there. There can't be but a handful of people who knows who this guy is. Like, mm-hmm. other than the fact that he's Mickey James's husband. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, Jim. What do you do? You have any thoughts on this, or like, I get what the fuck is he doing there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Tom. It's definitely the money, but I think also more than that, it's he's he's from that generation that thinks the WWE is making it you know, and he's yeah. never had his shot there, right? You know, he was in TNA, he was in NWA. Now he's made it, you know, because he's in WWE. And I don't, I don't understand. I don't agree with that thinking. I understand that thinking, but I don't agree with it. Uh, I, I think that's what it really is for him is I think that he he wanted to say before he ended his career that he was in WWE. Um I, I do. I think it was Funny in the saddest possible way, the reaction, because uh, like Tom said, he you know, Triple H is like the newest general manager of SmackDown, Nick Aldis. Cricket. Crazy! <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fu- like nobody had any fucking idea who he was walking into that ring. Had no um, music. Had no nothing. music. No nothing. Like I said, like, just, no. just show up. Like like he just appeared in the timekeeper's area and just <laughs> walked on in. um And yeah, like the whole like I I like I really liked the brand supremacy days, right? When when they had Raw and SmackDown were competing against each other, right? Yeah. So I, I think they're trying to reignite some of that by having the... You know, like I don't think they're building to our match between Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis. Um, I, I think they're just trying to rebuild that brand kind of competition. Uh, um, and then that's cool. I'm down with that. Uh, but yeah, I just... I feel bad because Nick Aldis is a talented fucking performer. Yeah. And... he, he, he did some good mic work out there, but the fuck else they going to do with the guy, you know, I feel like it's a waste. I I feel like it's a waste of his talent uh, to be in the role that he's in, but I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll, they'll work him to an angle where he actually gets back in the ring. We can, we can hope. We can keep our fingers crossed, I guess.
0: That'd be cool, man. Cause like, yeah, he's, he's definitely had some, God, when he, man, that what two year run, I think he was when he was NWA champ. Like, I you know again he was he was the guy who made me go back and look at Cody Rhodes Mm -hmm. and and, you know and go okay maybe Cody's got something because that like little thing they did where I think it was like it was Nick dropped the belt to him and then right and then Cody dropped the belt back to him again or said that was a fun Mm -hmm. little run like it wasn't bad it was just good it reminded me of good old NWA kind of territory ish wrestling and I think he. It wasn't it at uh, one of the all ins or something too. I thought it was that's when they either Cody won it or Nick Nick won it back or something. It was the first one. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it, at all in,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, great match. And and so just interesting that I hope it I, I I really hope not to go down this rabbit hole, but I really hope he's like you said, Tom, maybe rehabbing. I hope it's that and it's not, you know, his disastrous fallout with uh, Billy Corgan in the NWA. Um, you know, because there is definitely no love lost between those guys. I think, I think both of them come out and said like in no, you know, fewer words that they fucking hate each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of, he said, he said kind of stuff, but I tend to, you know, I'll believe Nick Aldis way before I believe Billy Corgan, you know, um, I believe anyone I, over
1: Billy Corgan. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, I mean, he said something the other day too, again, wasn't it? Oh, it that was, was um, what was it? I sent it to the group. Not again. Not oh, to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh about my tyrus. god. Ah, oh, Lord. Like I'm like this guy is living in his own fucking asshole. Like
2: the NWA has never been more like prosperous mm-hmm. than, than when Ty- Tyrus was holding the belt. And it, okay, man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> fantasy, dude. What Like, what world are you living in? Like,
1: who are you trying to convince, Billy? Us or yourself? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, that fucking idiot! God damn, what a moron! Oh, enough said about him. The better, God, whatever. But I think, well, you know, to end before we get into our matches of the week, like I said, um, you know, it at the top, it's just it's not a three sweet me bro episode if we don't talk about our friend CM Punk. Um, you know, word on the street was obviously he leaves AEW. You know, I think we talked about it heavily. He he's gonna go to WWE. And then all of a sudden it comes out that it was like a screeching halt, like all, you know, both foots on the brake. that he's not coming back. Um, there was a <laughs> report that was brought out that I got like, you know, the, the three heavy hitters um, before Vince kind of, you know, is done with with creative at this point. But it was Vince, Triple H and Nick Khan, the CEO, basically flat out said no. Like there there were talks, there were this. And then it ultimately came to no. Like, and really there was nothing else given. I think, I I, I think maybe the standard, you know, we just don't, you know, we're not going to enter into any, you know, um, discussions with him. It was just, but it was like a flat out no. Um, And I just thought that was really interesting, just given the fact that um, they seemingly went out of their way for about a week to reference him. Uh, Not obviously by name, but, you know, by the uh, you know, the, the, his famous, uh, you know, the, the, the greatest thing the devil ever did was convince the world he didn't exist. Shinsuke doing the GTS, Corey Graves, bringing up the best in the world, Seth Rollins saying best in the world. So it was just really funny to me that they were like, uh, you know, it was just all this. And then all of a sudden it was this ass grinding halt, like flat out. Yeah, no, we don't want to work with him. So I don't know guys, what do you think? Um, you know, do you, do you think it's bullshit just given obviously the WWE or Again, given his just who Punk is and, you know, the, the shit that kind of comes with him, it you know, is it a flat out? No, I, I, I I gotta believe to me, it, I think it's a flat out. No, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to show up. I really don't. I just, I think he's, I think they're starting to realize he just might be too much trouble than he's worth, you know? So I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I I don't. I said this a couple weeks ago and I'll reiterate, I don't think there's any chance in how CM Punk is not back in WWE. Uh, I, I think, I don't think it's the best decision, but I think it's the way it's going to end up going because at the end of the day, you know, we, we, we talked about this on the last episode, right? Vince McMahon has been cut out of decision-making at WWE, which yep. thank all the gods, right? For that. <laughs> um, CM Punk is a draw. It's just, there's just no two ways about it. He's a draw. He's going to bring eyes to the screen. He's going to bring butts to the seats. There's no way CM Punk doesn't end up back in WWE. And again, I don't don't think it's the best move. I don't think it's the right move, but I think it is ultimately the reality we're going to have to face. And, you know, WWE loves to have their surprises. I, I think all the, the 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 talk you're hearing and the leaks you're reading and the the dirt sheets. I think it's all planted material. I think it's them putting out that that kind of BS to try and get people off the scent Because, you know, they want to they wanna have the big wow factor when punk shows up. I mean, when, when punk came into AEW, it was the worst kept secret in the business. You know, everybody knew he was going to be there. And right. so they just kicked off the show with it. They're like, all right, fuck it. Let's just do this. Um, they never once tried to pretend like, no, we're not interested in CM Punk. That's a, but that's a very WWE thing. They want to be the ones to, to you know, have the surprise and have the wow factor. So, yeah, I, I think they're absolutely trying to work the audience. I think they're leaking fake reports to the dirt sheets. I think he's absolutely coming back.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree, Jim. I also think that what better way to do it than everybody knows why he was fired from AEW, because he's more trouble than he's worth. Look what WWE is doing some they're they're just planning storylines they're like oh no he's too difficult to work with blah blah blah, blah. the key thing is, is is like what jim said mcmahon's gone like mcmahon well gone isn't like he's he has no like stories or he's not just really around anymore um i think that's a big part of it and and i just i think this is it's it's a it's totally he's totally coming like he's he's gonna be there um and if he isn't, well, Mike, you uh, we'll we'll buy you a steak dinner.
1: <laughs> all right, fair <laughs> enough. No, from it, like Ponderosa. Yeah, We're yeah, like yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. gonna get
2: it from that food truck, like Swans. <laughs>
1: yeah. like, uh, <laughs> oh, this is, uh, yeah. is Swans. Mike, we got
2: you a sweet Salisbury steak. <laughs> hey, all right, whatever, man. I'll
0: gladly eat it. <laughs> No, but, um, you know, just to, again, not to go, you know, deep into the CM Punk world, but, um, you know, again, just more, the guy is just, he's a fucking lightning rod, but I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to read the, that article I sent, um, where Mark Henry was basically like, you know, he, you know, it's that it's like 50, 50 man, where it was like a lot of people really, really liked him. And some people just don't, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think what was, it comes out that, um, Fuego del Sol. Mm-hmm. So had nothing but great things to say and was mm-hmm. like learned a ton from him, etc. And you know, of course, you know, and and I think Mark Henry even said that like what everybody says about him is that Punk is just he's very, very particular um and very set in his ways, and that could rub people the wrong way. Um, but it was the the comment he made, and God, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically it was that like Punk's too old school for his own good, mm-hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. you know, to where it's like, it's a, you know, he's, it's like how younger people view, you know, you know, boomers, you know, kids of boomers, you know, somebody like me, you know, et cetera and whatnot. And, um, I thought thought that was an interesting take. And I guess never really thought of it that way that like some of the younger wrestlers are just like, nah, man, it, you know, it, it, it's passing you by, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's, It's, it's not the way it used to be anymore. And, whatnot and i just thought that was an interesting take and just again didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on that or you know saw that little article uh mm-hmm. and whatnot but just thought it was an interesting take and i'm like huh i guess well that kind of interesting i guess you know that does kind of make sense to where it's maybe necessarily that punk isn't hated it's just like that eh, dude it it it's not that way anymore it's it's time to move on you know kind of thing
1: Yeah, we we've talked about that that same idea before too that you know he's it's not always that this guy's the bad guy or this guy's an asshole. Sometimes it's just that we get we get outgrown by the people around us. We, you know, we we yeah. get stuck in our ways, and and the world around us grows beyond us. and And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a terrible employee. It just means if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. And I I think ultimately that's what it is with punk is he's, he's just, he's very set in his ways. He knows what he likes. He knows what the right way is to him and the world around him has changed. It's like, it's, it's to quote grandpa Simpson, you know, you know, you think you're with it and then one day they go and change what it is. And that's, I think that's kind of the, the world of CM Punk.
2: What's your match of the week? My match of the week was this last Saturday, uh, Brian Danielson versus Andrade. Um, Holy shit. That was awesome. Uh, I just like, I just kept thinking about how hard Andrade hits and, and, how you know Danielson's just like yeah let's bring it on and then how much of a crybaby <laughs> Sammy Guevara was um so it was really enjoyable to to see like Andrade actually um kind of shine uh, get, a, get get a nice rub from uh Danielson at the end um i think it was a great way to open up collision um i agree with you mike i think that you have a a, a very very great wrestler andrade but what are you doing and why are you gonna try to maybe tease the teaming of cj parker and him like don't like that <laughs> um, but i i think what andrade needs is that he needs to have a run at uh orange cassidy and take the belt off of orange cassidy because i would love to see andrade ha- have some sort of title in that mm-hmm. company and and we all know that like just like punk andrade um you know, is very outspoken and, and has said some things that pissed off the, the, you know, the wrong people, unfortunately. Um, and he's, he's a bit injury prone, but, um, hell of a match worth watching it. Uh, they slapped the shit out of each other, which is great. Um, Danielson has like handprints all over his chest and so does Andrade. I think there's one, uh, at one time I, I was like, Ooh, is he catches him in the neck? And Shibata uh, does the like does the neck slaps all the time, and that one just is like,, like, <laughs> like like how they don't feel that is, I mean, I'm sure they feel the next oh, day they feel it God. oh yeah. They just, yeah it was great. great match. What about
0: what I, uh, well, I really quick, I was gonna say, I think what what it, great match by the way, good pick. um you know, and i I what really impressed me and and was Andrade, like I obviously know he's a great wrestler hell of a mat wrestler too like he was going tit for tat with danielson and i was like i had no idea andrade was you know he has such a good mix where he can you know i wouldn't call him a high flyer but he does one of the best fucking moonsaults i've ever seen um and it still amazes me how he can do that backflip off the top rope laying on his feet clean and then backflip. that blows my mind like how the fuck his knees are not blown out but like he lands it Perfectly almost every single every time, time. Yeah. It's beautiful. But like I was really impressed. He was rolling around on the ground with him. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy cow. Like that was really, really good. I don't know. I'm, Jim, I don't know if you had anything to add, but it great match. Good yeah, there, were,
1: there were a couple of spots that missed. Um, you know, one yeah. of my one of one of my favorite moves that Andrade does is where he goes for the boot, misses, and then comes with the back elbow. Right. It's that that kind of you know planned miss with the back elbow. Um, and that, that spot just was really nasty um, there were a couple of times when they were doing chop exchanges where I was like "Oh, okay okay uh, <laughs> you, guys, you guys you guys are just trying to fucking crush the other one's jugular vein right now um, <laughs> but but no overall it was a fantastic fucking match they called it a dream match and, and I absolutely when they first announced it I went Ooh, this is going to be good and, and it sure it lived up to it it was definitely Definitely a good match. What about you, Jim? What was your match? Well, originally I was going to go with the Andrade versus Brian Anderson. That was going to be my match of the week. But uh, I went back and uh, because I'm the impact guy, (laughs) I went back and watched Bound for Glory today. Uh, And so from that, uh, I have to go with what a lot of people are already saying is one of the best matches of the year. uh, And that is speedball Mike Bailey against uh, Will Ospreay. Um, I, I say this begrudgingly because I fucking hate Mike Bailey. Uh, we've talked about this before. I do not like him. I think he is really overrated. Uh, I don't like his gimmick. I don't like his character. I just I don't fucking like Mike Bailey. Uh, but. God, that was a good match. <laughs> and to me, it just it really speaks to why Will Ospreay is Billy Goat. Right. Why? Well, I mean, you, if you look at the top 10 matches of the year, eight of eight of the 10 have Will Osprey involved. Right. I mean, he, the guy's just a fucking machine and, and he could put on an amazing match against fucking Mike Bailey. I thought that was incredibly impressive. So, uh, again, I know it's impact. I know nobody watches impact, but don't buy the pay-per-view. Uh, It's not worth it, but (laughs) (laughs) find a way to pirate a copy of the Will spray versus Mike Bailey match. And it's definitely worth the watch. It was it was really well executed top to bottom. Um, You know, the the mistakes were glossed over really, really good pacing throughout the match. Uh, Not a lot of great storytelling, but that's not what a Mike Bailey match is going to be. You're not going to have storytelling with that guy. You're just going to have cool spots. And there were some really fucking cool spots.
0: I heard, yeah, I heard that was a banger. I've, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm definitely not going to buy the pay-per-view just to watch.
1: <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll, I'll see if I can find it online, but I heard it was just great. And, and I, how could you, I just, I love Will Ospreay. I I would gladly, you know, he's, he's getting to the point where it's, he's, he's of the very few that could like, you know, as, as I, I call it the Bret Hart, uh, not Bret Hart syndrome. I don't know. The, you could wrestle a broom and make it look good you yeah. know what I mean? oh, Where yeah. it's like uh, you put him in there with it you know Kenny Omega can do that yeah obviously Bret Hart could do that um you know the list is is short but I think Will Osprey could absolutely do that at this point is get in there and have a match with anybody and make it look great but yeah I've heard it was phenomenal so I'll round us out here um um one match we talked about or we didn't talk about uh from when we kind of had a bit of a hiatus um wanted to bring it up cuz i don't think we um highlight uh the 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 ladies enough uh the female wrestlers um so not to go into this this is 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 not my match of the week but one i really wanted to say i think you should go back and watch was julia hart versus chris statlander uh from the pay-per-view that was i jim brought up a, he had mentioned a comment um a couple like, god almost a month ago where like julia hart's gotten really good like pretty goddamn good in a very short period of time. And I just thought that was a great match. I love what she's doing. I love that. She's got Brody King as kind of like her heater. Uh, You know, uh, I I guess like bodyguard. I think that's great, but that was just a good match. I would just say, go back and watch it. I don't think, you know, again, AEW doesn't have the strongest female roster, but they can, they can put out some bangers every once in a while. And that, that was a great match. Um, but my match of the week actually was from uh, a a little bit ago. Um, We've, we've been off for a little bit, Um, but it was, was uh, Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland from the title Tuesday. Uh, Man, that was good. And I am just, I've loved Swerve Strickland, but man, I am like really loving him lately. Um, And, and what a great way to, to, you know, put in to, to, I guess, start to really showcase his talents as you put him in there with one of the goats, And that's Brian Danielson. Um, Great wrestling, great storytelling. Uh, I think it's great what they're doing with Hangman Page. Um, You know, Hangman comes out and costs him the match, and then later on, um, which I almost picked this one, uh, Hangman Page versus Jay White uh, was also a pretty damn good match. But um, you know, and then Swerve causes him the match, um, etc. But it just, I man, Swerve just he what a fucking swing and a miss by him getting released by WWE. And there's definitely a handful of AEW talents. I think that WWE is like, God damn, we drop the ball on and like swerves on a roll right now. And I just, I, I, I really can't wait to see what they're going to continue with this hangman page Adam story. But um, just he, oh man, it just, he is just that the, what does he call it? The, the kick that he does that is it the house call?
1: Yeah, the
0: house call. No. Oh man, I just I love that, and I've seen him live a couple times, and his footwork is unreal. Like how he how swerve moves around the ring is unreal, and like you you put him in there with with Brian at like Chef's Kiss. Uh, so I, I would one hundred percent go back and watch that match. It's just it's great. It's a it's a great great match, and um it's it's interesting that Brian's been kicking off a lot of like dynamites. Uh, Rampages. I don't think he's been on Rampage much, but Collision and he's, he's like straight out of the gate is just, oh my gosh. And like this one, um, I picked it in particular because it was the commercial free when both NXT and they were going head to head and they were both commercial free. And I mean, I was glued to the set the entire time. Like this was just, it was just, it flowed well. Uh, you know, again, kind of, you know, similar to, you know, what we've all said a couple spots, eh, you know, and, and whatnot, but it, Overall, just great match. Go back and watch it; it's good stuff. I
2: think when when you when anybody should be talking about like, um, and I, it gets thrown around. I don't know if it actually does anymore. If it doesn't, it, if it does or doesn't, but uh, ring psychology. I think Swerve Strickland like has the very definition of ring psychology, and I love watching him like perform uh, everything about him. Great pick, Mike. I I definitely agree. That was a, a hell of a match. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think WWE super super dropped the ball on that one. Oh man, and I just
0: I love Nana. Like, what a great what a great counterpoint to have with him. Where <laughs> oh, he's just, great. He's like his goofball, and and it was uh, it was I, I can't remember. What, I think it was I think it was this last Dynamite where he's getting ready to do because Swerve is is getting into the rap game. Um, and he, you know, I think his, he does some of the stuff with his entrance music and whatnot. And they were in somewhere and, uh, him and Nana, Nana's like, Oh, like, you know, we're so happy we're this. And like you said, Tom Swerve is just, you know, stone face looking and he's like, I should be happy. And he's like, why am I not happy? You know? And like Nana's just selling it great. And it's just, Oh, yeah. oh man. But. I, what a great pairing those two guys are! It's just give me more Nana dancing like an idiot and just swerve. <laughs> like I love watching Swerve come out and like his his like jackets and just the way he like just like it's his walk to the ring. Even where it's like you said, like oh, yeah. co- it's just like oh man, like he's just he's there to fuck somebody up and it's just I don't know what it is, but he's got it and I I'm just I am all aboard the swerve the swerve train right now and I just I cannot wait to see where this uh adam page you know where it plays out so i would honestly like i could uh before we get to our 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 segment um i would love to see a best of seven series between those two guys i think they can absolutely make that work like could you imagine that a best of seven between those two dudes like please oh that'd be amazing oh man good storytelling and everything
1: or a fucking Kitten Iron Man between Adam Page and and oh, Swerve yeah. would be amazing too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of options for that. That's a long-running feud you can build out of those two. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. 100%. He's just got to get rid of some of the guys in his what is it the uh Mogul. Well, no, that's pretty much done, right? The Mogul Enterprises oh, like yeah.
1: Okay. yeah, now it's just Mogul Embassy. Yeah. Oh,
0: Mogul. Okay. Yeah. I love the other i love khan and uh what what toa loa is it toa loa brian cage just doesn't make sense like that like what are you doing here like just go to wwe already please like i like brian cage you know i i he's still trying to figure it out but like just what are you doing with the embassy like what, what are you doing paint his face up like stop it To get to our segment, Jim out of the blue, uh, a couple of weeks ago <laughs> brought up, like he, he brought up a, a very infamous asshole in wrestling and it, it started this, this thread between the three of us about the biggest assholes in wrestling. And, uh, I, I, I don't know, Jim, I think you're going to talk. So we each, we each divvied up, uh, it, it we I think we boiled it down to five. Um I was watching something today. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a sixth. Um, so I can't wait to talk about this asshole. Um, but uh Jim Jim really started this off by just out of nowhere, was like, you know who's an asshole? Loki. <laughs> Tom and I were both like, yep, yep, sounds about right. He yeah. he's an asshole. So we thought we'd have some fun. Um, you know, in lieu of a spotlight, we thought we'd talk about what we thought. With the biggest assholes in wrestling. Uh and since Jim, you are the one who uh really kicked this off, I, I think it's only fitting for you to kick us off uh with uh, your first or or I guess your 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 pick for or your two picks uh for your biggest assholes in wrestling. Uh so please, I think without further ado uh let's uh let's let's talk about the biggest assholes in wrestling
1: well i mean i, I have to start off with the one that you've already mentioned the, what, what really kind of kicked off this whole idea and that is loki uh loki uh or he was known as kaval for his oh, brief yeah. stint in wwe um loki to me is just a raging asshole and, and for, for a multitude of reasons, but not least of which is, I think what can be summed up is that Loki is one of those people who takes himself too seriously. He believes his own hype. Um, the reality is that Loki is under six feet, under 200 pounds, but wants you to believe he's the baddest motherfucker to ever walk the face of the earth. And he kind of has little man complex. He kind of has little man syndrome where he gets in there and he ends up. Legit hurting other people uh, because Thank he's you. just trying to show how tough he is and how badass he is and all this. Um, you know the 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 example you were talking about, Mike, is is when he you know made his debut in Evolve Wrestling and he's standing in one corner of the ring and they ring the bell and he just dead ass sprints <laughs> across the ring and does and does a like a roll a rolling kick. And legit knocks out the other guy, legit knocks him out cold. That's not professional fucking wrestling. I'm sorry, that's not. That's just you being a cunt because that other guy is in the ring on an agreement that you two are gonna take care of each other, that you're gonna work together. And you decide, I know it'll make an impact. If I. If you attack an unsuspecting person, what, what really what Loki did is sucker punch that guy. That was the equivalent of what he did is he sucker punched another man and then acts like he's a fucking badass. I will say it doesn't make him an asshole, but one thing that drives me fucking nuts about Loki is how he does that. Like heaving thing, right? Oh Where my he, like, he doesn't move and he sticks out his jaw and he like bounces up and down. Like he's fucking Blanca from street fighter. 10. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. It's just, but the, the stories of Loki being hard to work with are, very 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 common uh as you look at shoot interviews and you look at 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 different interviews and podcasts that that wrestlers do loki is, is notorious for being hard to work with because again he believes his own hype he he thinks he's so much better than he really is he thinks he's so important whether it's you know uh, you know not not going to shows or not not accepting bookings because you know he's so much more, you know he's worth so much more than what they're offering or because he's you know so much better than he's you know that promotion is beneath him and whatnot it's just there's all kinds of stories of him being an asshole behind the scenes um, and then you you see some of his work in the ring and you're like okay yeah you're just like we were talking about Brian Danielson and and Andrade and how they can work stiff. But low-key's not working stiff. Low-key's just shooting. Uh, he just straight up shoots on guys left and right. And it's, yes. it's fucking absurd. It's just, like you said, it's a sucker punch, which is a bitch move. It's a bitch move to sucker punch another person. And that's what low-key does over and over again and thinks it makes him a badass. And so, yeah, my my first choice for biggest asshole in pro wrestling is, is low-key. And, and admittedly, there are much bigger assholes but I think he's got to be in the top five at the very least for, for what he's done.
0: No, a hundred percent. And the fact that like, I think now or once he, his whole thing was like, he was dressing like Hitman. Yeah, I like, was man. Like really? Wow, dude. Like not only you're an asshole, you just, you look like an asshole too. Now, like, and I've, I've heard the same thing, Jim is just that like, you know, believes his own hype. And I think the the bigger reason you highlighted why no one really likes him is that he he shoots on people. Like I've heard so many stories about how he's like straight up hurt people, like for whatever reason. It little man syndrome. You're an asshole. Like I don't know, but like I've just I've heard, and I I think that's why you know he um probably got himself booted from WWE or left or whatever it was because. It was just, he was incredibly hard to work with because he was always like, he was, he was fucking laying into people. And it's like, dude, this whole industry is a, like you said, is to tell a story. And, and, you know, I, I step into that ring, you, no matter what, we're going to protect each other. And he never did that. <laughs> so
2: I don't know. Fuck I love guy. when he came, when he came to WWE's as Caval, cause I, I remember watching it and I was like, huh? Hmm. Okay. I can't imagine this guy's gonna last for a very long time. Um and well, wasn't sorry, Tom, really quick. Wasn't he wasn't he like
0: really touted too? Like he was like in that oh, yeah, he came in with the it was not the not tough enough, or maybe it was tough. No, it was no, no, the second
2: it was second iteration of uh NXT. It was the second season of NXT because NXT started off as like a show. Like a game show, but like a game show. Well, it was
0: like the veterans and rookies thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, so wasn't he supposed to be the guy? Like, it was like, oh man. And then obviously that didn't happen, but i sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to interrupt you,
2: but, but no, not at all. Um, yeah, he was, he was supposed to be, there was another dude too, who was in NXT that was like being toted as like the next big thing. And it was, oh God, it, was, it didn't pan out at all.
1: Um, yeah. Most of the guys in NXT didn't <laughs> yeah, it was, like,
2: yeah it, was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the one thing I also wanted to bring up because I always, I was like making fun of people's voices. Apparently he's got a weird voice. He's got a very like deep voice and a very small body. It's so weird. <laughs> to me. It doesn't match up. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I I've never really been into his stuff. I remember when I first discovered ring of honor I remember watching like a, uh, you know, a package thing of like all the wrestlers and it was like, oh, AJ Styles and, you know, uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, and then it was like, bloop, Nigel McGuinness. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that was weird. Uh
1: (laughs) Well, he was he was the he was the very first ever Ring of Honor champion. He was the inaugural Ring of Honor champion. Um, Yeah, low key. Low key was the first ever Ring of Honor champion. Um, and it was, no. it was very early in his career. It was obviously very early in ring of honors, you know, tenure. If he was the fucking first champion pretty early. Um, but he, after that, yeah, he bounced around between Japan and TNA and, you know, and and then when he did end up in WWE, one of the most notorious things and what really sunk his career in WWE and, and again, is an indication of, how big of a fucking head this guy has is one of the, one of the competitions was to do a freestyle rap. Oh my God. And live on air, it was live, no tape delay, no recorded show live in his rap. He name dropped total nonstop action. And everyone in the crowd went, oh, and you can see the look on his face, right? His face, he was like, yeah, fucking woo, look at how badass I am. I name dropped the competition. I'm so cool. I'm amazed they allowed him to win the competition after that, honestly. I I thought for sure they would have dumped his sorry ass for pulling that. But instead, they just buried the shit out of (laughs) him. So it, it ended up coming back around. But yeah, he... He had a storied career on the indies, but come on, man. Like that doesn't make you, that doesn't make you the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of humility in you somewhere. I still, I can't
2: believe he was the first ring of honor champion. Mm -hmm. That's insane. We've come
1: a long way, Tom.
0: Uh, He won the battle of Los Angeles too at PWG. What? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea.
1: Dude, he's not that, I don't know, he was never that great to watch. Well, you know what his finisher is?
0: The ghetto stomp, right?
1: Yeah, the double stomp off the top rope, right? And the thing is, is, is when Finn Balor does it, you can tell Finn Balor is going out of his way to protect the other guy. Yeah. Right. And admittedly, that's a hard move to protect the other guy. When Loki does it, I think he's trying to actually stomp them. I think Loki is legitimately trying to hurt the other guy every time he goes for that fucking move. So You're
2: not gonna yeah. break somebody's rib cage tonight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not a success unless the other guy's coughing up blood, apparently. <laughs> so you know, so Loki number my number one choice for for biggest asshole in pro wrestling. My second choice and the one that I, I will argue vehemently uh, deserves the number one spot is Ian Rotten. Uh, for those who are uninitiated, Ian Rotten never had a major professional wrestling promotion career. Um, he had a stint in ECW uh, and that was, that was it. The rest of the time, he was primarily an indies guy. Uh, I will say that me personally, I was first introduced to Ian Rotten in West Allis, Wisconsin, at Mid-American Wrestling. Wow. Uh, with 120 of my closest friends. Uh, Ian Rotten uh, is known for his deathmatch wrestling style. And to me, what makes him the worst human being to ever work in the wrestling industry uh, is pretty much everything about him. Uh, f- number one, he, <laughs> <laughs> first and foremost, uh, he is a very credibly accused sexual predator. Oh. Uh, one of his primary trainees was is a female deathmatch competitor named Mickey Knuckles, who still competes today. And he very credibly has been accused of sexually assaulting Mickey Knuckles on multiple occasions. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, to do that. To anyone is vile. To do it to someone who has your trust is beyond vile. Uh, and, and I find that completely and utterly without redemption. Number two, while booking for IWA Mid-South, which is uh, a, a federation that was a, played a prominent role in the early careers of CM Punk, of Chris Hero, of, of uh, several other talents who went on. While booking in IWA Mid-South, he also was was, uh, routinely bringing in guys for deathmatch tournaments. And one of those guys was a competitor named J.C. Bailey. Uh, And J.C. Bailey was very well known to have a drug addiction problem. Uh, And rather than paying J.C. Bailey in money, like a normal human being, Axel Rotten decided that... Ian Rotten, excuse me, decided that he was going to be the worst human being possible, and he was going to pay this very well-known drug addict in drugs. Jesus Christ. Unsurprisingly, J.C. Bailey died of a drug overdose. Uh, and many people agree that Ian Rotten bears some responsibility for contributing to to that ultimate demise of that young man. Uh Arguably the worst thing that Ian Rotten has ever done, however, is not only continuing to wrestle in death matches, but continuing to wrestle in death matches after he knew he was positive for hepatitis C. For those of you who aren't aware, hepatitis C is horribly contagious and wreaks havoc on a person's body, and it is spread through blood. It is spread through through blood and through bodily fluids. So Ian Rotten, whose entire career, the guy couldn't do a fucking headlock takeover if you gave him a bag of methamphetamine as bribery, he couldn't pull it off. His entire career was bleeding all over other people and he knew he had a contagious blood borne disease and continued to bleed all over other people. Um, So for all of these reasons, as well as his hair. I think Ian Rotten is the worst person to ever exist in the world of professional wrestling and, uh, fuck you very much. Ian Rotten.
0: Absolutely agreed. Um, you know, I, it's funny you brought up Mickey Knuckles. Um, I don't, if if either of you ever seen the Mickey Knuckles incident,
1: which one, no,
0: (laughs) (laughs) the infamous Mickey Knuckles incident, I, I can't even remember the wrestler's name. Uh, but it was, uh, I think it was. I think it was for IWA Mid South. I w- would assume it had to have been. I've only seen it once, and it was one of the most disgusting things I think I've ever seen. Um, so Mickey Knuckles was in a death match with this guy, and I again cannot remember his name. Kind of a no name, whatever. Um, and uh, she was getting ready to go to Impact or TNA at the time, and he was like grooming her uh, in more ways than one um, <laughs> to get ready to go to this kind of a national spotlight. And this guy probably, I don't want to say took some liberties, but just, you know, maybe did a little more than he should. Um, At the end of the match, Ian rotten sends out these two fucking dickweeds. And they beat the fuck out of this guy, like straight up beat him up. There's one spot where they, they, they sandwich him in between a ladder and this guy Literally jumps off and not a double stomp, but one foot like slams the ladder into this guy's head. They like they dump him on his head on the concrete. They like I they shoot beat the shit out of this guy. And Jesus. it was all Ian Rotten going basically go out there and go fuck these guys up from my my treasure or whatever that I could ride these coattails to. It's I, I wouldn't even watch it, Tom. It's it it is so Nauseating and like, as I just was like, oh, what the hell is this? And it, this was years ago. I, like I said, I haven't seen it since, um, and just stumbled upon it. I think it was when YouTube was still like, you know, the wild, wild west and you could upload whatever you want kind of oh, thing. Like, yeah. I don't even know where you could find it. I wouldn't even watch it. Like I said, it is. And I think even Mike Tene was like, it was, it's one of the most, you know, disgusting things he's ever seen. Absolutely hates Ian Rotten for it because he's course. like, these guys were 100% operating on Ian Rotten's orders. To go so, out there and hurt this guy.
1: The, the wrestler's name is Mike Levy. No, uh, okay. I know exactly the incident you're talking about. <laughs> and, and the reason I ask when you say Mickey Knuckles incident, the reason I ask which one is because there were actually multiple instances where um, Mickey Knuckles had incidents in ring that Ian Rotten exploited. Um, this particular incident, yeah, it was a, it was a queen of the death match tournament and Mickey Knuckles was wrestling Mike Levy, who was a pretty green guy. He was pretty new to the business and the Ian Rotten didn't think that Mike Levy was selling enough. He thought that he was, was, was trying to make Mickey look, look weak. And so he sent out two guys after the match without talking to Mike Levy. He had no idea this was going to happen and they did. They beat the fuck out of him. Ian Rotten then came out and started beating on him. Ian Rotten then had his 13-year-old son come out and start beating on him. Mike Levy literally had to run away from the fucking ring because he was just getting the shit beat out of him by all of these people. The, The other incidents that I was thinking it could be is... Mickey Knuckles broke her leg at an IWA Mid-South show. And one of the most, like, you know, we've all seen the Sid snapping his leg, yeah. jumping off the middle rope right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the reaction everybody has. Well, Mickey Knuckles broke her leg in a particularly brutal spot. And it was, it was just mortifying. It's just this vile, disgusting video uh, and this scene. And Ian Rotten promised her that he would never release the video. Because it was so vile and so terrible, and and he didn't want people to, she didn't, Mickey Knuckles didn't want people to see this, and so Ian Rotten promised her he would never put it out. Well, it's one of the most watched videos on YouTube. Uh, it's one of the most watched professional wrestling videos on YouTube because it's Ian Rotten's a piece of shit, uh, and he's not going to pass up the opportunity to exploit another human being for him to make five cents. And so that's why I asked which Mickey Knuckles incident because her her whole career has been getting fucked over by Ian Rodden. Has like, how is this guy, does he still run like shows? No, he, he was running shows during the pandemic. (laughs) Without, <laughs> of course sorry. without masks without distancing uh because you know he knows better than everybody else uh but the 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 last anyone has heard from ian rotten was when he got fired by taco bell uh because oh. apparently word got out that ian rotten was working at a taco bell and Everybody like started like people started flooding this Taco Bell with phone calls complaining about him, and he got fired from his job at Taco Bell, and that was the last anyone has heard of Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he got fired. He's a trash. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't
0: like I said, you know, it, it, you, uh, it you 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 get the peak interest where you're like, I want to go look. Don't watch that, Mickey. It, it it is literally like it's a mugging, and it's my god. These guys went out. There, I mean, it's. It's one thing to, I don't see, I, I, I'm not even going to no, because I was going to say it's like it, not to condone, you know, someone being, you know, no selling and whatnot. Like it, what I was trying to get at was like, there's receipts, you know, we all know what happens, but it's, it's usually like a one and done. This goes far beyond that, Tom. It is, it is, it's almost, like I said, it's downright disturbing, like watching these guys after the guy just wrestled like what, like Jim, it was like a 20 minute death match to have, to to have these guys come out and his son and beat the shit out of this guy. Like, I mean, beat him up. It it is how the guy honestly even like, didn't get like more hurt than he probably already was is amazing. Especially after the latter. It is like, it it was just atrocious. And it's all because of Ian fucking rotten. Yeah.
2: I I I don't understand deathmatch wrestling to begin with. <laughs> um, I don't understand how people enjoy that. Um, I've never really understood that. Even Nick Gage. Uh, but like even with Nick Gage, I mean, say what you will about him, he besides the David Arquette jugular thing, I mean, he's he's fairly I wouldn't say safe, but he, he's gonna take care of you the best that he can. And, but uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I had a hard time when I was doing uh new Jack material, uh, and <laughs> watched that gypsy Joe one and I, where he's like teeing off on his head with a real bat. And you're just like, no, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely tried to murder Gypsy Joe. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. His, uh, yeah. murder. I, I, I was
2: <laughs> did, uh, I'm assuming New Jack and him were buddies? Uh, no.
1: Really? As a matter of fact, no. Ian Rotten uh, was pretty much disliked by everyone at ECW. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he did not have a long career there. Um, he is very easily forgotten uh, did not make a lot of friends and I, I think for good reason I think he's he's just as a human being a piece of shit uh, and then in a business that tends to foster pieces of shit being pieces of shit I then it a, it's a bad combination
0: Jesus Christ yeah fuck that guy and he wouldn't pay people to yes stiffs yeah. wrestlers quite often yeah all the time
1: Yep. Yeah. Shooting on guys like again, like Loki, taking liberties in the ring, shooting on guys, uh as a promoter, stiffing people very frequently. Um, yeah, kind of again, notorious in the industry for being an absolutely horrendous human being. On that um, note, Tom, I don't want
2: <laughs> to follow any of that.
1: <laughs> Speaking of terrible human beings, Tom. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um my Two uh and I'll start out with just um i went I went an old school route uh and I couldn't think of one of the the biggest assholes uh uh probably around still around still doing it is none other than the legendary sixteen time champion himself Rick flair um, <laughs> there's a lot of debate that Rick flair is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time uh that can be debated um Possibly for another show. But um, because I think Jim made actually a really good point. Like, how can you be a 16-time champion when it's already predetermined for you? Um, so like, are you really that great? Um, so before I get into his assholeness, um uh some of the reasons why Flair is not liked amongst the wrestling community, uh Hart was very outspoken about how very routine he was. Um, whether you, you know, uh whether his matches with Steamboat or with Hogan, with whoever he always pretty much had the four, like four same spots throughout his whole entire career. And it would actually like annoy and piss off a lot of wrestlers because they wanted to do like obviously more. Um, He's notoriously known for like shooting down like spots in the ring. Uh, Probably because he can't do them. Uh, (laughs) He wants to, to, he probably wants to just maintain his like, greatness um he (laughs) he tried to get david flair uh obviously like into the wrestling business which was uh a failed attempt but uh according to like numerous um people in wcw he was like stepping on like stepping over everybody young talent included to get his like bloated dipshit son uh (laughs) Like a wrestling spot. And I think didn't he win? Didn't David Flair end up winning the hardcore title, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um also here's here's where we start heading into asshole territory. Uh he shits on nice guy Mick Foley for like no reason. Uh he just, he's been like on multiple times, he's he's ripped fully apart. Um, he's stated in his book and in interviews that hardcore wrestling's not credible. Um, Flair basically called Foley a hack and re- that had to resort to cheap tr- to cheap tricks to get over. Um, and Foley uh actually uh almost punched him because of this. And that's saying a lot. If you know anything about Mick Foley, that dude is a sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> a matter of fact, uh he was just on hot ones. Highly recommend to go watch that. It's enjoyable to watch him power through some hot sauce. Um, but dude, how do you, h- how, how, how do you piss off McFoley? <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's very, uh, disliked, uh, by, um, the following people. Teddy Long, uh, Teddy Long has accused him multiple times of being a racist piece of shit. Um, he would greet every African American wrestler, um, with the N word every time he would, he would go. And apparently um, fully like any, or excuse me, not fully. Oh my Lord. Uh, Flair, uh, just like anybody who, who tries to weasel their way out of saying they're sorry, um, did a terrible job apologizing to Teddy Long and Teddy Long has said, uh, I accept your apology, but you still need to stop saying the word, which he continues to use to this day. Um, Bret Hart, Bret Hart is, uh he, <laughs> Uh, rightfully so. Uh, Flair said that, um, he accused Bret Hart of, uh, over exploding the, over exploiting the death of Owen, which I don't know how you, why you would say that, uh, how you could say that about, you know, especially losing your brother to such a tragedy. Um, <laughs> he chimes in on the Montreal sc- screw job quite a bit. Um, just like everybody, just like everybody has an opinion on that, but apparently he was uh he claims that Hart started it all because he was in a draw, which what Busters <laughs> <laughs> of All Time. Uh I I don't know how. Uh Shane Douglas had a wonderful nickname. Uh oh. he, he would call him Dick Flair. <laughs> um uh, Bruno's he had beef with Bruno arm. Oh Jesus. Here we go. Yeah, Here it is. go. Here we go. Strap in everybody. I'm going to blow somebody's name. Bruno Sammartino. Um, he would, he would, uh, Flair felt snubbed by him. Um, and he would, he would like basically talk shit to everybody behind his back and, um, would try to get, take his spot. And Bruno was obviously like, get the fuck out of my face. You pipsqueak. Um uh, apparently they patched things up, but uh Bruno Bruno is not very fond of Flair. Um and uh Becky Lynch. Um, he he tried to sue Becky Lynch for the man. Oh uh, yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Um the reason why he's very sue happy is because he has a ton of financial problems, like tons. Um He was evicted from his home in Charlotte because he couldn't pay rent. Uh, Let's see here. He owed over $62,000 in back taxes in 82 and 88, um, which he never paid for, by the way. He always gets like people. This is amazing. He always gets people to pay his stuff for him. Um, Wow. He was. uh, (laughs) He like conned people into driving him everywhere because he basically lost his license for going 95 and a 65. Um, apparently he also has over 140 speeding tickets. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> so I don't, Jim, you, I was, I was, this is why I'm eager to talk to you. Cause I know you probably know the story. What is the story about Dean, si- Dean Said Deanne Seiden, this person who stalked him and then eventually went to Kurt angle. Do you not know about this?
1: I don't know that one. I'd yeah. That so one. apparently,
2: uh, Deanne Seiden, who had an, apparently who had, she actually had an affair with Kurt Angle and stalked him later in life. So she was trying to exploit flair by saying, you know, like I have your, your daughter. I had an, uh, a child with him. Um, do what's right. And you know, the reason why I'm stalking you is because I want money for this kid. That's yours. And he lost his mind and apparently threatened to kill her. If Good. he didn't bring the kid. Um, and so it was all thrown out. It was all like super weird. Um, which like, it's very, very strange. If you look into it, I think it was his first or second wife, Beth, but Beth reported multiple times that he was uh, physically abusive to her. Uh, he was, he's got a horrible temper, um, and would, uh, and which is going to lead into obviously what everybody knows about is the plane ride from hell. Um, but he would, um, regularly <laughs> regularly brag about his dick size to people and like multiple like guests at his home he would just like whip his dick out and just be like check it out i hate to bring it down gentlemen but the plane ride in hell is probably uh peak rick flair um just horribleness uh he there's multiple things on this plane ride. Uh, You know, if you want more details about the plane ride, um, dark side of the ring does a great little bit on it. Um, and, but so there's multiple things going, all hell is breaking loose on this plane. Like Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning are just wrestling in the aisles. Uh, Michael PS Hayes gets his like hair cut off. Um, and unfortunately it comes out that, um, even, uh, Dustin Reynolds himself, Both Ric Flair and Dustin Reynolds are like cornering um, flight attendants and basically groping them, um, trying to get them to touch their 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 penis. Um, It's just awful stuff. Um, And Ric Flair is um, probably the most notorious alcoholic I've ever read about. And he has no uh, no plans on stopping at all anytime soon. one thing I thought that was, uh, we'll end, uh, Ric Flair on a funny note is that he would constantly use his belts as collateral. Uh, so he was sued in 2011, um, faced almost faced 90 days in jail. Uh, when he, he, he got a loan for the NWA belt and NWA was like, what are you doing? That's our oh belt due him. And he was like really close to, to, to basically, going to jail and having to pay a ton of money and somebody um somebody like got him to uh, like agree to signing 300 autographs and that's how he paid it off but he never paid the dude back. He's just a terrible person. He's he's a, he's really known for being like a jerk in public. Um I've heard he's very hard to approach in public. Um he's also an insane egomaniac. He's a narcissist. Um, so whether you think Ric Flair is a great wrestler, he's not a good person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's like, I always thought it was funny. He's cause I remember reading his book and he like, he shits on Bret Hart. I oh, shits on Bret Hart a lot. Well, yeah, because he's like, how could you love a guy that does, you know, Bret Hart always ended. What was it? God, I, I feel like I should know this. It was, what was it? Inverted, like the inverted atomic drop, Russian leg sweep. Mm -hmm. the elbow, and then usually into the sharpshooter. And that's how he was...
2: He was the guy... He was the first to be coined the five moves of doom or whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, whatever. But, like, look at what fucking Flair did. The the goddamn Salisbury flop or whatever the fuck that's called. (laughs) Salisbury flop? the, The flip over the ropes. He, I think, only one time in my entire wrestling watching have I ever seen him land a move off the top rope. He's always getting... So it's like, it's just funny that he shits on Bret Hart. Like I get it. Okay. It's a series of move. It gets a little old, but like everybody does that. I don't know why he shit. And it was just like, cause he's better than you are. And you're just a fucking miserable piece of shit that doesn't like Yeah, It just, it makes no sense dude. some of the shit he did. I've heard is like when he was like, you know, King of the mountain or whatever it was back in the NWA days was like atrocious. Like, like, you know how he controlled booking and you know, it, and I get it. That's the old school mentality. Maybe I don't get it, but you know, it's just that old school. I'm the best. And so like, I can see that he puts, he's a draw and he did that and all this and that. But like, I've I I've just, I've heard all that stuff too, Tom, that he's just like an egomaniac, like just it like, it was my way or the highway. And yeah. Oh man.
2: Uh, I think he, he, he goes on record saying that, um, and I can't remember Wilt Chamberlain has a, like an absurd number over a thousand. Yeah. Over thousands of women he slept with and Ric Flair claims that he's beaten his, his record, but there's also a lot, a lot of reports about him being like super aggressive and super gross, very forceful on women. Um, I mean, I hate, I hate to make any kind of excuses for that behavior, but back in the seventies, man, you want to talk about wild, you know, wild Wests, You know, that was the boys being boys. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, he, I guarantee he got away with some very like heinous and horrendous things.
1: Well, he's he he, for me, one of the worst things he ever did was what he did to Chris Canyon, Um, which I I don't know if you guys know the story. But Chris Canyon was on after Chris Canyon was fired by WWE. Mm -hmm. He was on the Howard Stern show and he was making his case that he believes he was fired because he was gay he believes that they found out he was gay and, and that's why they fired him unprompted unprompted rick flair calls in to the howard stern show and on air says to chris canyon you're just not a good wrestler you weren't fired because you're gay you're just not good at, at wrestling you're just not good at the business Oh and God. you can you can go back and watch this is you the know, this is all on video. You can watch Chris Canyon just be like, "What the fuck?" Like I thought we were friends, Rick. Like why would you, why would you do this? Yeah. And I, I think it's the same reason Rick is has such a hard on for pissing on Bret Hart. Ric Flair has this bizarre need to carry water for Vince McMahon, to defend Vince McMahon no matter fucking what. And I yeah. I think that's the same thing.
2: Yeah. No, I, I totally forgot to mention that he is like Gaga for McMahon. He, he calls yes. Vince McMahon, like almost like a father figure. Um, he's, he's, he just goes, he like, he really like, I hate to say, I don't know if you're going to edit this out, Jim, but he's like jerking McMahon off. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's he, everything is like the gospel to him. And which is even crazier. Cause like McMahon fucked him over so many times. I I knew
0: there, there was definitely a period I know where, where it, the, you, when Flair was in WWE or WWF at the time or whatever, and he kind (laughs) of went back and forth and back and forth. But like, what would, I guess, like, what would McMahon do? So I lost track of like, it's, you know, I didn't really discover I, the Flair that I really truly remember was the, um, the run he had with Macho Man where he was like, he was putting himself in those pictures with Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, like it was good. It was good storytelling, and yeah. it obviously it sold everything. But like that's the Ric Flair that I remember when he was doing that shit. And then I, you know, went back and saw a lot of his Four Horsemen, NWA type days, Territory days, and you know I, that really made him, you know, kind of what he was. But I got what did Vince do to like fuck him over?
2: I mean, first of all, the territories. Yeah. Oh well, the, yeah. the territories are. You know, he was known for. um which little sneak peek here? Uh, my next asshole. I'll be talking about uh, him and McMahon would go through territories and just—that's what he would do. He would just dismantle the territories, make a ton of promises that he could that that were never going to turn out. Um, and he—he he, one of the biggest ones was he was McMahon was hell bent on getting Ric Flair to WWE. And promised him the moon and Ric Flair wasn't getting over um, at all and just buried Ric Flair and basically like buried him down the the, the ladder until I think Flair quit or he was fired. Hmm. So okay. huh. my second asshole um, and I don't know, Jim, we might debate um, is none other than red and yellow himself, the good brother, Hulk Hogan. Um
1: the, the real American Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you the mean real the American? real American, <laughs> Mister America? So
2: I did. A, I did a lot of research on. Unfortunately, Hulk Hogan. You're
1: uh, going to need therapy after that. Yeah, I like, yes,
2: I am. Uh, <laughs> let's start this off with a little little fun. Uh, we all remember Hulk being in Rocky. Uh, he's uh, a (laughs) thunderless. Uh, apparently, uh, he not only almost shattered Sylvester Stallone's collarbone, but he sent three stunt doubles to the hospital because of how rough he was. And there's that, that's, that's kind of a a taste of what's to come. Um, so later on in the eighties, we all know that, uh, you know, uh, Hulkamania is running wild. Um, before this is like right before the steroid allegations happen. Um, Jesse Ventura was trying to unionize the wrestling business. Um, there's only been two dudes that I know who have ever tried to do that. And it's Jesse Ventura. And I believe David Starr was the other one who was very uh, outspoken about wrestling unions. Um, and Hulk Hogan basically snitched on Jesse Ventura and was like, Hey Vince, uh, just to let you know, Jesse Ventura is, causing a huge ruckus with uh union talk and Jesse Ventura and Hulk Hogan were like actually pretty tight. Um, and not anymore uh, because when um, Vince McMahon calls uh, Jesse Ventura into his office and says, Hey, uh, why are you trying to unionize? And Jesse Ventura goes, oh, uh, what are you talking about? Who did you hear this from? McMahon doesn't pull any punches. He goes, Oh, Hulk Hogan told me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, apparently that they had a huge falling out because of that. Um, and it's not because of what you think, um, is the reason why Hulk Hogan, uh, didn't want to unionize because he didn't give a shit about protecting anybody. He, he came out and basically said, um, I'm making a ton of money and I'm fine. So I don't need to unionize and he didn't want to jeopardize his spot. Um, That being said, uh, he's a, a huge pathological liar. Um, and I will end it with all of the insane lies that have come out of this man's mouth, but, uh, taking steroids, which, um,
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. That is just like the no brainer of the century to me. Like in wrestling, (laughs) it's like when he was like, I didn't do them. Like you're,
2: are you fucking kidding me?
1: Have you looked in a mirror lately? Terry? <laughs> your,
2: your suit coat is missing its sleeves. Like, um, so he goes on trial and he, he basically denies ever, uh, taking steroids or McMahon, um, you know, basically dealing steroids or telling, uh, you know, wrestlers that they have to use them. Um, and Ventura, um, which is great. uh, <laughs> says that was basically bullshit and the whole say your, uh, say your prayers and take your vitamins. And he, he made a jab at Hogan and he said, uh, what are the vitamins oral or a syringe? <laughs> uh, apparently also too. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so that again, uh, the dark side of the ring does a really good episode on, um, the, the, the steroid, a trial um we could be here for hours talking about that um which is also um which is hilarious too after he uh you know and you know he's trying to deny all these steroid accusations, you see a very very slim and slender Hulk hogan uh like in a couple of months um Hulk Hogan's known for just being a total dick uh Obviously we all know about Dave Schultz slapping John Stossel across the face. He did it twice. Uh, Vader and undertaker um, while being interviewed in Kuwait uh, get asked if wrestling's fake and Vader loses his fucking mind and flips the table and charges the guy. Randy Orton says that he's going to uh, head, headbutt uh, some dude's teeth down his throat or whatever. Uh, because um, obviously wrestlers get a little uh, sensitive when you ask if wrestling's fake. Um, while on TV, uh, Richard Belzer, uh, (laughs) he's being, and, and I'll let you guys decide who was in the wrong here. Uh, obviously I'm going to say Hulk Hogan, but Richard Belzer was kind of poking the bear a little bit and was like, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake. Apparently too. Um, if you go and read anything about this, Mr. T was also there and he was in a terrible mood. He was like in a piss poor mood and he didn't want to do the interview. Um, And so when, um, obviously, too, if you've ever seen Richard Belzer, he's on uh, one of those SUV shows. Um, SUV shows? Oh, SVU. God damn it.
1: Yes, he's he's on one of the sport utility vehicle shows, Tom. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So he's a car salesman.
2: I was I was like, wait, what? I don't watch man, I barely watch television anymore. Um and when I do, it's only wrestling. So I'm just in a perfect bubble. Um, so he's on SVU. He, he had a talk show in the 80s, I believe, and it's they were hyping up WrestleMania. And uh, you know, of course he he keeps telling Hogan it's fake. Um Puts him in a front chin lock and knocks him out like cold.
1: He just drops, drops his it. ass out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then just dead weight drops him. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. I should be laughing, but he drops him. And, and Belzer actually like cracks his head open. Yep. He like Hogan like walks over and like, you can hear Mr. T just like cackling. Cause he's, you know, he's finally happy. <laughs> and, uh, he's like smacking him in the face. Like he's just like smacking him in the face. He's like, Oh, there we go. There we go, brother. You know, get up. And it's this weird, like he's clearly concussed. He's just like, and back to this, blah, 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 blah. We'll be right back, back after right these messages. Back, turns around and blood is just pouring down the back of his neck. And um, apparently Richard, it depends on what story you believe. Um, again, I believe Richard Belzer. Apparently he was like, oh, i I'm good with just an apology, and Hogan wouldn't do it. And then he sued Hogan for like five million dollars and they settled out of court. Um Hulk Hogan obviously will tell you a different uh, story. Um,
1: He'll say it was Martians or something. Because <laughs> yeah. Hulk Hogan can't not lie. He can't not make up some fantastical lie. Oh, it's
2: oh, it's coming. Just you guys say. Lord, I can't wait for <laughs> the. Um, he also he uh, he also believed you know in the whole Brett screwed Brett. Um, he believes that <laughs> uh, that it happened at WrestleMania 2000, and it did not. Uh, he said that comedian fans were also chanting Brett screwed Brett. They weren't. Uh, and um, he, in his words, uh, despite supposedly being the greatest wrestler of all time, Hart was held down by little teeny Sean and was embarrassed. And that's why the Montreal screw job happened. Lie number two.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> Hogan almost gets stabbed to death. Just kidding, brother. He makes it up. Uh, apparently on Joe Rogan, he says that he went to Puerto Rico and wrestled like three months after Bruiser Brody was stabbed to death. And Carlitos Cologne or wait, what's his Carlos. name? Carlos. Sorry, guys. Carlos Cologne okay. came out and said, uh, yeah, he didn't wrestle here for like four years after that happened. Rogan <laughs> also uh, says that he was approached. Oh, by the way, that was lie number three. Uh, line number four, he was approached to, uh, fight in the UFC. Um, line number four, just want to throw that out there. Uh, he was an egomaniac in WCW. Uh, Pete Hogan is the fucking worst in WCW. Um, getting to that, um, he's known as like the great politician, Uh, because of how many people he like screwed over, here's the list. Uh, he refused to face Randy Savage at WrestleMania two. Um, he refused to face the following wrestlers, Jake, the snake, Kurt Henning, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, ultimate warrior. Uh, I wrote LOL after that because of the WCW, uh, uh, Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, Billy Kidman, Randy Orton, Vader, Sting, Kevin Nash, Yokozuna, and the big show. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, Obviously you guys probably know uh a lot about the death of WCW. Hogan and Bischoff are like 80% of the reason why WCW folds. Um uh let's see here. Um <laughs> uh he said some pretty outlandish things when his son crashed uh his car and pretty much crippled his friend. Um he basically blames, uh, his name's John Graziano. Uh, he basically says that it was his fault. Um, and he blames John for getting Nick basically into, you know, shit that he wasn't supposed to like, well, we don't know what kind of person John is brother. Uh, that's apparently what he kept saying. And, uh, again, he comes out and he does these, like, he makes these outlandish statements and then he does the worst job apologizing. Um, obviously I'm sure our listeners know about Hogan's horribly messy divorce, um, which we're, unfortunately, this is where it gets kind of shitty. Um, not kind of, it does get shitty. Uh, Hogan is a racist piece of shit. Um, he's recorded multiple times stating that, yeah, he is a racist. He's like, I got no problem be saying that, um, says a lot of very, very, um, horrible words that I should not be mentioned on this podcast. Um, he also is, uh, considered a lot of people accuse him of being extremely homophobic. Um, again, um, he, uh, lie number 1000. He said that he, to fight that he was like, I'm not homophobic brother. I've been, and I don't know what this means. He's like, I've been fighting pride fighters for 20 years, even before pride was a thing. (laughs) So he's
1: so fucking dumb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Hogan also doesn't believe in science. Uh he's he was uh quoted many times denying that COVID nineteen happened. He says uh somebody he's like written on multiple forums that like somebody said like you know, uh, some right wing conspiracists was like, yeah, I bet COVID killed Bob Saget, too. And he was he was like, amen, brother, that and Betty White and Sidney Poitier.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: Poitier. Poitier. So uh, the running theme of this is that Hogan is a massive liar. Here are many lies he has told, and I'll try to get through this as quick as I can. Um, Hogan turned down the role of Randy the Ram in the movie The Wrestler. Uh, Hogan states that <laughs> Lars Ulrich from Metallica wanted him to replace. <laughs> Jason Newstead. Jason Newstead on bass.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, I don't know if our listeners are into the multiverse, but there is in a multiverse Hulk Hogan playing bass for Metallica. And that just cracks me up. Um, he says he was the first guy to see Kevin Owens as. The guy, <laughs> okay, are you serious? <laughs> yes, oh my god. Uh, Hogan says that he shared a flight with Kerry Von Eric 72 hours before he died. Uh, Kerry, uh, to Japan, by the way, and uh, Kerry Von Erich was not on that plane. <laughs> um, again, said he fought Pride Fighters for 20 years before Pride Fighters even existed.
1: Um <laughs> What does it even fucking mean? What does it even mean? <laughs> well, you know, Pride, the 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 Pride Fight Club, the uh, uh, yeah, the 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 MMA organization oh, out of Japan. I,
0: Jesus, I was thinking Pride, like Gabriel. Uh, <laughs>
1: like, well, that's exactly because he's so fucking dumb. He thinks they must be the same thing. They must. Yeah. They must have some kind of association. Oh my god! Okay,
2: uh, he believes that he was. Uh, <laughs> he was the guy who created wrestling entrances. Um. Okay. Uh, Hogan claims that he wrote now this, I believe Hogan claims that he wrote the scripts for no holds bar, Mr. Nanny and Santa with muscles. He Very did. Horrible. There is,
0: he did. I do believe that is true. I believe him and Vince McMahon supposedly like locked cause they got it. Like something with no holds Bar is it was like, they got the script. They didn't like it. And Vince and Hogan, like put themselves into a hotel room for like 72 hours and rewrote the entire thing or something like that that there is some truth to that and it was like it one of the one of my other favorite podcasts that I listen to other than this one uh, is uh it, how did this get made and they do that episode and jason manzukis like talks about it where he's like i can only imagine the amount of cocaine that was done in that room oh my <laughs> to god <get> through. they <laughs> essentially 72 it was like 3 days straight that they locked themselves in and did massive rewrites
1: Jesus Christ. I swear to God, I thought you were going to finish that sentence with cocaine. Uh, <laughs> they locked themselves in for in a room for 72 hours and did massive cocaine. Because that's a much more plausible, and it would explain a lot,
0: honestly. They probably did as well. They somehow just managed to write a, a horrible fucking movie script at the same time.
2: Moving on with his lies. and. Uh, Uh, tells that tells everybody that the undertaker has permanently damaged his neck neck after a botched tombstone pile driver on a chair. If you see it, he is protected as fuck uh, Mm -hmm. in that, in that spot. Uh, His head doesn't even hit the map. Um, (laughs) Well, Kogan wants you to believe that he batted a seven 14 in the little league world series. Uh Hulk Hogan <laughs> claims that he passed on the George Foreman grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is true. Uh no, it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was supposed it's, to be the Hulk.
2: Nope, it was always it was always going to be George Foreman. Because in the days of the internet, where the internet didn't exist, he would go to conventions and just lie and say, Yeah, I was, I was. I was the George Foreman guy before or the, oh, yeah, really? oh, I thought guy. that one
0: was true that he was, they, they, <laughs> he turned it down.
2: Nope. He, he, it was always supposed to be George Foreman. Um, and he, everyone was just like, once the internet came out, they were like, Oh, he's a, he's a liar. Um, hysterical. And, uh, claims that he's re- He wrestled 400 days in one year, uh, because of the time difference. So apparently he's a time traveler <laughs> and, jim uh this one's for you uh last lie the greatest lie that uh he ever told was that elvis was his number one fan
1: yes elvis loved him loved him which is funny considering he didn't start wrestling until after elvis had died That's the thing about Hulk. That's what kills me about his lies is they're so easily fucking provably wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so like how fucking dumb do you have to be to lie about something that could be like, lie about shit. No one can verify. Don't lie about shit that anyone could look up. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus. I don't know. There was so much to like unearth
2: with Hulk Hogan. um, and apparently the Joe Rogan podcast it, the, he is just spouting off nonsense. He is just going crazy. And everyone's just like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No, mm-hmm. no, nope. no, that maybe happened, but that didn't happen. And <laughs> like, so I think Jim, obviously I think you're the winner for the, the, the biggest asshole, but, uh, Hogan is just a lying piece of shit. And he did whatever he could to stay on top. Um, I, I can't stand liars. I think they're the some of the worst people in the world, especially when you lie that much. Um, and it's, yeah, he, he used his, his power, his Hulkamania, uh, to basically destroy anybody that, that got in his path. He was so, oh man, he's so gross about the things that he wanted to like, like if you guys remember, obviously you do um, case in point sting when sting was like white fucking hot, he was just like, no, I will. he like basically refused to lose to sting and it just destroyed, destroyed that whole storytelling of the crow, the crow, <laughs> the crow sting. And um, yeah, he's just a garbage human being. And, it, and it's a shame because some of the most iconic moments in wrestling are with Hulk Hogan. And it just turns out he's a fraud. He's just, he's awful. And also too, I'm going to end it on this. Um, if you apologize, if you're a terrible human being and then you, you're called out for being how terrible of a human being you are. Um, don't, don't do the whole, like I found Jesus act. That <laughs> is so dumb. Like mm-hmm. just own your mistakes. Just apologize. All you have to do is apologize. Sorry. I, I I don't know what I was thinking at this time. Maybe I did too much cocaine while I was writing Mr. Nanny. Um, Don't, don't, don't apologize by being like, I'm born again, brother. Like Jesus Christ is my brother. Like like, seriously, knock that shit off. It's a weak ass excuse. It's a weak ass apology. Be a man and apologize. Mike,
0: Uh, who do you got? You know, it was funny. So mine, after hearing your guys, he, he pales in comparison, to be honest, to your, year folks uh but like as i was reading about this gentleman i i don't necessarily and i like i said we were talking right before we got on i i don't think this guy is necessarily an asshole in the terms of the way we're using it i think the guy's just he's just a curmudgeon and a dick (laughs) um and not it's just he's just an old cranky guy and i just it like I don't know. I So so who I'm talking about is none other than Mr. Ole Anderson. Um, Ole was just, he, uh, where would he even start? So Ole w- really started um, in AWA, uh, Vern Gagne. Um, and he, I can't even, what was his name? It's not Ole Anderson, like anybody's real name. It's like Bob Renkowski or Rogowski or something like that. Um, and his claim to fame really was, you know, obviously he was a founding member of the Four Horsemen, but he uh started the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Um, and that's really where the Anderson name got, you know, kind of came to to prominence was up there. Um there it started out with, I believe it was Lars and Oli, and then Lars retired, and then that's when Gene came in, and then Gene retired, and then that's when a very young Uh, Arn Anderson came in um, and that's where, you know, again, the they started the Minnesota Wrecking Crew and then kind of grew into the Four Horsemen. Um, And Oli was just he was I guess what made Oli an asshole um, was that he was just very, very set in his ways um, and was very like every match should be a shoot. Um, We should look like we're trying to fucking kill each other. None of this, like, you know, storytelling. I mean, not necessarily not storytelling, but like, you know, flamboyant entrances, all this and that. He was like, let's go in there and, you know, beat the shit out of each other and tell stories that way, like, and nothing else. And he constantly um would just shit and bury anybody that wouldn't like get online with him. I will get to some of the people he talks about, and it is it's great. Some of the quotes he has about some certain individuals. Um, but essentially, he was just he was very outspoken and just just a cranky old fuck. Um, so he at one point uh, really he he kind of he's like a combination of everybody on this like that we've talked about, maybe minus the more sexual predatory things. Um, but like low key, he just he thought he was better than he really was. Um, and again, we just bury people, um, you know, uh, shit on people that really weren't on his level. Um, he shit on flair, um, constantly. Um, he hated being part of the four horsemen because he was like, that wasn't his, you know, because the four horsemen, you know, Tully, Arn and Rick all, you know, just, oh, I've got money and women and this and that. And oh, he was just like, no, nah, that's not me. Yeah. And, um, there's a reason why it's not. In the WWE Hall of Fame, it's Barry Windham and not Oli Anderson because Oli just wanted nothing to do with the Four Horsemen and would, after he left or got kicked out of the group, would just consistently shit all over them, especially Flair, like all the time. Um, wow. He, and it's funny that you, you you know, when Flair was, you brought him up, Tom, when he was going back and forth, one of the more notorious Oli shitting on Flair was... Um, when he jumped back to WCW or I think it was right before it became WCW or I think it was still WCW. He lost a loser leaves WWE uh, or wow. He lost a loser leaves WWE match against Kurt Henning. And Holy basically was like, now you got no credibility because like you're this, you're the Ric Flair and you just lost and you're, you know, you're coming in like a loser basically. Like, to WCW. And he just, he would bury flair. Um, he once told a worker not to come or one, a worker. Um, so I'm sorry, I got to back up a little bit. So my bad. Um, only, so not only being in the four horsemen, the Minnesota wrecking crew, he was a booker. Um, and that's probably where he really came to the prominence of being just an asshole, um, was his horrific booking decisions, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, and just his willingness to just be outspoken and shit on anybody. Uh, one uh a notorious incident with Oli uh was uh when he was a booker. One guy was like, Hey, my grandma died, and I don't think I can make the show. And he basically was like, She's dead, you can't resurrect her, so go to work. And what? the guy was gonna the guy and Stan Hansen confirmed this, pulled a gun and put it to the back of Oli's head. And Oli found out about it later and was like, Stan, what the fuck? And he was like, or no, I'm sorry. It was the guy. I can't think of the worker's name, but the worker was like, you guys weren't going to stop me. And Stan basically was like, we all thought we we really weren't sure you were going to shoot him. Like we, we were all kind of like <laughs> taking bets. We thought you were going to shoot him. Um, He's like, we actually wanted to see if you were really going to shoot him. Cause like I said, Oli was just, he, like I said, just, he was a dick. He was just awful to like everybody um and really his other um one of his other bigger claim to fames uh while booking was and and tom i don't know if you've ever heard of this and this is this is some deep cut shit um but he was he was responsible for the black scorpion um i don't know if you know about that um sting beach blonde hair sting when he was white hot then um, he makes up this in, in there's, there's rumors that it was, um, he, it was Jim Hurd's idea and Ole just threw it out there and Jim Hurd loved it. And it was like, it was ridiculous. So the whole thing was the black scorpion was somebody, a mysterious figure from Sting's past. And it was just booked horribly. Like the guy would like, he, like he, he got, there was a program where he came out and attacked Sting. And then, okay, they're going to get into a match and then Sting beats him. And then another black scorpion shows up and is like, that's not the real black scorpion. I'm the black scorpion. Oh my so then God. Sting gets into another feud with this guy. And then like more shenanigans happens where they try to unmask him. And then like another black scorpion would show up. And so it ended up being long, long story short. It ends up being Ric Flair. Um, and it to like, in a, in, it was I think it was at the time when Sting had the belt, the end of the big gold belt, the NWA belt or whatever that thing was called. Um, and it was so bad that he dropped the belt to Flair basically for bailing him out of the whole storyline, you know, because it was Flair. Like it was, you know, oh, my God, Rick Flair and Ric Flair and, you know, Sting had numerous feuds, but he Sting, it was his first run with the title. And then he basically like a month later gave it back to Flair because it was like. The rumor is, is that it was a thank you because of the booking, Um, and it was like, okay, it's a way to you know get this bullshit storyline out of the way. Um, So yeah, he, uh, I guess at one point when he was Booker with WCW, in less than a year, he lost six point five million dollars on bad booking decisions. Um, and they, that's when Dusty, they basically were like, get the fuck out of here, dude. And they brought Dusty in and it was like trying to save a sinking ship, uh, at that point. Um, he, he really hates everybody basically. Um, his so you brought this up Tom with, you know, kind of, well, not necessarily with Hogan, but with Vince McMahon in the territory days. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard about black Saturday, Tom, but that was essentially when McMahon bought. Like, I don't know how much it is, Jim, but like a number of the territories, one of them being Georgia Championship Wrestling. Um, and word on the street was that when the Briscoe brothers agreed to sell their shares to McMahon, Ole Anderson was so pissed off, he put a hit out on him.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Mm-hmm. He offered, and then he offered up a bounty to ba- like, basically, it was like, go in the ring, and if you can like break any bones in their bodies, I'll give you money. Like, oh, my God. oh, oh yeah holy Oli was not some guy, man um he, oh God, he was something else um so i'll I'm getting to the point to where I mean you, you paint the picture of this guy like he's just like again not he's just a cantankerous old dickhead, like he's just a miserable prick, um, and it was just and a lot of the 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 thing that I read about him um was this that Oli never wanted to change with the times, and that's why I think I you know not not to go back to punk, but why I think. You know, it's it's it, it. I was trying to draw that correlation, or bringing up punk and whatnot, because Oli was just like set in his ways and didn't want to change. And like I said, he hated the flamboyancy, hated the entrances. Like he thought people should go in there and like basically Terry Funk and Stan Hansen it every night. And it was like it, it's, Oli, that's impossible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna die, Oli. Yeah,
0: (laughs) someone's going to die from doing this. Um, So really what also, um, you know, before I get into some of the gems that this guy said about everybody, um, his his probably I think his biggest thing that he ever did uh, was he put out a book in 1992 and it was it's called Inside Out How Corporate America Destroyed Professional Wrestling. And it's co-written with him and a gentleman named Scott Teal. I'm unfamiliar with him. But basically, Oli literally just pulls the curtain back on everything and shits on the entire wrestling industry and like blames people for this, blames so and so for that, and like just does himself absolutely no favors. And like at this point, like the four horsemen want nothing to do with him. I, anybody that's ever talked to him wants nothing to do with him because he just he literally just shits on anybody anytime he opens his mouth. Um, So one of them being your uh, beloved uh, asshole, uh, Mr. Sterling Golden, uh, a la the future Hulk Hogan. Uh, Here's what he says about Hulk Hogan in the late 70s. The guy was horrible, horrible. Found out later that he had been in a band or something. They didn't even disqualify. That didn't even disqualify him. What in my mind disqualified him was that we were running towns on a weekly basis and we had to go back and draw money. We weren't going to be able to take a guy like Terry Boella, who couldn't do a damn thing except stand there. Maybe he was good at taking steroids and lifting weights, but there was nothing he could do to benefit a territory that had to run on a weekly basis. Had I put him in a situation where he beat everybody, people would have seen through that in about two days. Had I had somebody beat him, it wouldn't have done any good because people would have asked how could a guy that big like him get beaten so easily. Yet he couldn't wrestle for more than three minutes because he couldn't wrestle. Wow! So, oh yeah, and so I mean, is he wrong though? No,
1: wrong.
0: <laughs> so, so, so here, here is here are some some gems Oli has said about folks in the past. Uh, let's see. Uh, who do we got here? Uh, Lex Luger. He would have been better off if he had just been what he should have been—a sky cap at the airport. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jim Cornette. I can't hold a grudge against him, although I fired him. What can you say about a guy whose only contribution has been a tennis racket? I mean,
1: okay, okay, all right, right,
0: yeah, all right, all, um, all right.
1: Well, and what did he say about Mark Calloway?
0: Oh, that's right. Um, he notoriously hated the under. Like, like, basically told the Undertaker he was going to amount to nothing.
1: Um, never draw a dime, kid.
0: That's it. Whoa! Yep. I forgot about that. Um. Uh, Terry, personally, uh, yeah, Terry had the talent, he had everything, but sometimes Terry could get just a little too nutty. Um, oh, uh, Blackjack Mulligan once punched him in the face, uh, because <laughs> oh, the oh, guy, sweet. like knocked him out. Um, God, what um, there was some good ones. Oh, Mark Bagwell, gutless. Had to take a second place behind Lex Luger. Just a waste of time. Made money, so for him, that was wonderful, but nothing in my book. Rocky Johnson, like father, like son. Rocky was a nice guy who sure as hell didn't like me, but that's another story. Cool. Um, (laughs) Jerry Briscoe, another guy I liked being with, uh, but Jerry just became obsessed with the idea that he had a brother named Jack and couldn't be Jack. So here's something he says about Eric Bischoff, and I don't know who this individual is, but a guy... Eric Bischoff, a guy who was able to put the Peter principle to fact, he managed to rise to the level of his incompetence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um,
2: Ollie is quite wordy. <laughs> oh God, dude. He like,
0: it's just everything I've ever read about him is like, literally you ask him anything and he just shits on people. So yeah. Uh, Mick Foley, a hardworking kid. I didn't approve of what he did. I didn't like it, but he made money at it. Um, yeah. So I, like again, I, 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 only an asshole or just a, just a miserable prick. It's, it's hard to say, but he, he basically like a, it just, it, it, the biggest thing probably was that he really did or is known for was the book. Um, that really just, it really was like the first, it was really kind of the first tell all. And, um, you know, and it's basically, I mean, clearly you can tell how corporate America, it's a subtle jab at like what, Vince did and gobbled up all the territories and made wrestling into this. It made it an entertainment. And Oli hated it. Um, he absolutely hated it. Um, and, you know, just wanted to stay far, far away from it and just never really changed with the times. Um, so yeah. So that's Oli. Uh, you know, again, kind of fails or uh pales in comparison to your assholes. So I I had to I I was I'm like, God, I I gotta, I gotta do something here. And uh you know uh so uh i i'm I'm bringing in my uh i don't audible my my surprise um and that is Mr none other than mr Bob Holly uh,
1: <laughs> and
0: uh Fuck i that did, guy. i did some digging on this prick, and Jesus man, like it, we all know what he did uh to um what was it the tough enough guy
1: matt Capitelli. yeah, yeah
0: so basically just beat him up. Um, and was like, that's the business kid, you know? Um, and, uh, I read something else that he basically did the same thing to somebody else. Um, oh no, it was, um, Rene Dupree. I don't know if you've heard this story, Tom, uh, where, so Dick moved by Rene Dupree. Uh, Rene Dupree, uh, basically, uh, got a rental car in his name. And either like wrecked it or ran up a huge bill, and then just dumped it off and made Bob Holly pay for it.
1: Instead of of like, yeah,
0: (laughs) right. Well, so like, you know, okay, maybe a rib, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe a like, hey, I'm sorry, I'll pay you back for the money. No, Bob Holly basically beat the shit out of him, and it like at a house show. Um, like, there's pictures of you can see Renee. He's got a huge black eye because Bob just punched him. I think he kicked him in the nuts legitimately um, would like kick him right in the old bread basket as gorilla monsoon would say, (laughs) like, but like knock the wind out of him. And yeah, it was, yeah, basically just gave him one hell of a receipt for essentially running up a bill in his name. Like a little overboard, Bob, you know, like, yeah, just a wee bit. Um, There's the notorious uh, sandbagging incident um, where he do you remember that one weird moment where Bob Holly got a title shot with Brock Lesnar? Mm-hmm. Um, oh and yeah. It was because uh, he, for some odd reason just didn't believe the hype with Brock and just didn't, I don't know if it was in a bad mood or something, uh, but he, Brock went to go power bomb him. And I, to me it looks like he's 100% sandbagging him. Cause like Brock Lesnar is a strong guy, but like, you you can only be so strong, you know? And I mean, and so rightfully so he just dumps him on the back of his head.
2: Oh my God. Broke his neck.
0: Broke his neck. neck. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, dude, you're going to, you know, play stupid games. You're going to win stupid prizes. Um, But there are just numerous stories of him. Just, just, you know, it's, it's having respect for the business is one thing, but like going out and again, putting your trust in someone and you know that it, it, it. I remember I think all three of us watching that Matt Capitelli tough enough mm-hmm. where even he is like, I dude, I thought we're supposed to trust each other and not hurt each other. He's like, I know that this is a physical business, but like he 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 beat him up mm-hmm. like for what for what for for what reason. But I heard he was notorious for that, like, you know, just overly stiff in the ring when he never had to be. Um, you know, if it was just it was it was almost like Scott Steiner esque of like what mood is Bob Holly gonna be in? Mm Um, you know, and it was just like how he got as far as he did and as is like carried on as long as he did. And it's I honestly think the attitude era gave him kind of carte blanche to do that shit. Um, just because I mean, look, I mean, good lord, look at what everybody was doing in the attitude era and you know, what Vince was allowing to do and Ha ha ha! You know, like, he's teaching the kid a lesson, you know. And so, yeah, so I didn't want to read anything on him. I just knew all the stories about Bob Holly, and so I just I knew he definitely is an asshole, and he's not just a miserable prick like Oli. But yeah, I I don't know if you guys have anything to add on Bob Holly, but I've I've just I've heard nothing but like just awful things about that guy. Like that he's he's just a dick.
1: <laughs> well, my my favorite story that I've heard about Bob Holly is that. Apparently, he and Steve Austin were, were road buddies. They, they traveled together. And once Steve started kind of taking off, he kind of started separating himself from Bob Holly. And Bob never got over that. Like Bob Holly's bitter to this day about the fact that Steve Austin like moved on from him. It's like, well, yeah, because you're a fucking anchor, man, because all you are is dead weight. Like he's like Bob Holly's another one of those guys who just he thought he was so much fucking more important than he really was. Yeah. You know, I, I, I the the wrestling industry was in no way, shape or form advanced because of Bob Holly's contributions. Yeah. If, if he never fucking existed, nobody would ever know the difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good old sparky plug. Really fucking moved Exactly. The needle.
1: Yeah, the new Midnight Express. Beautiful oh Bob. God. What a
0: joke that was. Was that with Bobby
1: Eaton too? No, it was it was Bob Holly and uh uh Bill uh Bart Gunn. Oh that's right. Oh my god, what a joke mm-hmm. that was. Yeah, they were fucking horrendous. Uh, so yeah, god. yeah, Bob Holly can can go ahead and eat a giant bag of dicks. Uh, he's just he's, he's a terrible fucking person with way too big of an ego. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're
0: just, just acceptive. Like, I mean, you got guys like Scott Hall that, you know, he was like, yep, I'm a mid-card guy. You know, he's like, I, it, I think he said on numerous times where he's like, I never really wanted to win the world title. I knew what I was. You know, I had a big day back in the, you know, in the 70s and, you know, in the territory days or 70s, like early 80s. Etc. You know, he's like, no, I'm a mid card guy. Like Bob Holly was lucky to be on the mid card. And I think, like I said, the biggest thing he did was with Brock Lesnar, how that ever happened.
1: The thing that kills me about Bob Holly is how, like I said, not only did he he think he was so fucking great, but you mentioned Scott Hall. Scott Hall was like notorious for wanting to lose, to put guys over. Right. You know, like Sean Waltman's entire career is because Scott Hall was like, no, I want the guy, I want the kid to go over bob holly was never trying to fucking let somebody else go over he was all about protecting himself and making himself look good and again then you're you're buying your own fucking press and you know you're 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 building yourself up into something it's a business man it's predetermined you're not actually a badass and the one time he did have a real fight he got knocked the fuck out so maybe maybe check your ego a little bit there sparky plug (laughs) sparky plug (laughs) that'll wrap it up for this episode but come back next time for more news analysis and of course spotlighted wrestler of the week big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice on behalf of mike and tom i am jim and we are out